right, all right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. It is the Drunk Tank, episode 14. It is indeed Sunday. Ah, and I'm dropping my fucking beer opener. It's going to be a show. It's going to be a show. I am your host, Doc Ryan, the guy over there. That's Chris. Say hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. What's up, buddy? Not bad, not bad. How are you? I am in the midst of a shit show weekend, but not like a bad shit show weekend. Well, I mean, there was some bad, but not like... Not like, oh, the world is ending shit show. It was just like a series of unfortunate events. Oh, that kind of weekend. Yeah. I mean, I made money streaming this weekend, so it can't be that bad. And I didn't change the now discussing shit, because I'm a professional. Again, this sorry. We've actually, like, I mean, it's not as if we're 14 episodes deep, and we really should have a hang- handle on this kind of stuff, but... <laughs> No, it's, it's, it is what it is. I blame the weekend. I blame the weekend. God damn it. Oh, okay. Now now I think we're correct. Now I think we're coming correct. As I said, shit show weekend. <laughs> so before we get to my weekend, how was your weekend so far? What, what you been up to? What you been doing? Um, I've had one of the kind of weekends where it's like, party, it was really, really good, really, really fun, and drunk and cele- celebrating and all that. And then there's other bits where you go into, like, social media and it's just people just constantly moaning about things, but trying to justify other things because it's something that they don't enjoy, but because they don't enjoy it, the people that they enjoy it must be wrong. But in actual fact, if everybody just left everybody to enjoy what they enjoy, then it would be a much better world that we would live in so i'd say mine's has been up and doing mentally as opposed to anything else yeah I, I could see that social media as we talked about in other episodes is is one of those things where like you could take it or leave it half the time you want to leave it but then sometimes depending on where you're at you kind of need it yeah so yeah i could see that social media is one of those things that i have a I have a love-hate relationship with it. I need it to grow the business, but I fucking hate it because I'm terrible at it. <laughs> I can never, like, I struggle with, uh, like, when I, the simple answer is just post it anyway. But for me, I struggle with social media because I'll write a tweet out. Like, I'll have a random thought or whatever, and I'll go to tweet it out because, you know, that's what they say you should do. To increase your brand, just, you know, tweet your thoughts and get people know you and whatnot. Because if all you tweet out is, like, your business stuff, people don't tend to get to know you. So, like, I'll come up with something that makes me laugh or I'll find something that's uh, of interest to me and I'll write out a tweet. And then I'll delete it because my brain goes, no one cares. (laughs) No one's going to find that interesting. Why would you do that? Yeah. Plus, I think it's, like, such a a tightrope you have to walk on when you're in social media, like, the littlest thing, like, it used to be that if your intentions were good, then most people would be able to see the context and kind of, even if they didn't, like, if it was offensive to them or they didn't like it, they would, like, say to you and then you can learn and you can grow and you can be like, ah, well, now that I know that that's considered, then I can, and whereas now, like, now it's such so much is a touchy subject that you can't like I understand where like the thoughts come from. I can understand how people in certain situations with uh, within themselves or with other aspects of their life can come to 
physicians to make their lives better. But I feel as if in some cases they have too much of a expectation that the rest of the world can just immediately follow suit. Like, there's so much that people want an immediate change that you'll never get, you'll never get an immediate change. But what you have to understand is there's a lot of people out there that want to change, they want to time it, and just in certain aspects of their life, they might just they might just drop that ball that little bit. It isn't something to, to time it. So, I, like, one of the things that I have, like, a... a, a, a issue with that I'm still trying like I'm trying my hardest to get to grips with is the whole the pronouns thing. Yeah. Like just from growing up and that kind of stuff. It's just and as soon as if, if I say a, a, a certain pronoun somebody turns to the room and goes, oh well actually I don't associate this is I'll be like, no that's cool. That's I'll I'll tell me that. But it's like so many immediately aggressively attack you for don't assume that will yeah. Let's, let's remember that it's if people want to change when they're educated, then let's let's actually work with that. Don't just assume that everybody that doesn't do it first time is a cunt. Yeah, the, like, it's the... just like you can't assume or or moan at somebody for an assumption when you yourself are now assuming about their intent. Like some people just time it as like like when I was growing up, it was there was two. That mm-hmm. was it. Yeah. I'm now like within like like social media and other aspects of my life, I'm trying to revert to the kind of words that everybody can fall under sort of yeah. thing. But even at that, the words that everybody can fall under, you still get people that don't want to fall under that. So no matter what you do, you'll always be wrong to someone. And there has to come a point where you go, right, well, there, there has to be a stop to that. There has to be a point where you go, well, I don't give a fuck now. Like, I don't care what you do in your life to make you happy. As long as it doesn't hurt me, right? I'm cool with that. But you can't expect everybody to just change overnight. You have to be able to educate and allow people to make the mistakes to then learn. See if they make a mistake with the intention of being an arsehole. By all means, make sure that they know that they're an arsehole. Mm. But if someone makes the, the slight mistake and you, like, out happily, if somebody turns around and calmly says or oh, and gives their points against it, I'll be like, no, damn, I was wrong. I apologise. I'll work on that. Simple as. But it's the immediate aggressive attack that you're no longer allowed to make a mistake or a fuck up or something that you've like. If it's something I don't know, how the fuck am I supposed to know? Yeah, that's the that's the that's that's the main thing with me with social media. Uh, like, I'll come up with like a funny thought, or I'll just have some random ramble in my head, and I'll type it out, and I'll and then I'll before I hit tweet. I'll proofread it and be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, so I end up deleting it, even though like when I read it, it's, it's not offensive in any way. It's just like, once I delete it, I'm like, yeah, it's for the best. No one would have cared anyway. And then like you said, the pronoun thing, I'm living with that here in the house. Cause my kid, yeah. well, uh, you know, just recently had a, an argument, not an argument, but a discussion with us about how they want to be they and no longer her. So 
Yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's fair. Once it's you know, mm-hmm. you can you can accommodate. Like that's the point is once you know something, you, most people in that situation will be accommodating to it. They'll go out their way to accommodate it. But the problem is, is by aggressively bullying people that make mistakes, all you do is push a bigger divide because you'll have people on the other side that will see that and immediately go, everybody on that side, even though it's a small minority, but everybody mm. in that boat now comes under that. They're all aggressive. They're all... And it's like, it's no, it's a minority. But this is the minority that are getting the views. This is the minority that's getting the voice. Yeah, Most people don't care. As long as if they say to you, this is who I am, as long as that's accepting, then what's the, the problem? Like, I know I'm no perfect. I make mistakes. I There's make certain mistakes things that I like that other people don't, but I fully wouldn't expect everybody to like the things that I like because here's the here's a crazy thing that might go against the norm is everybody has their own fucking life. Right. They Everybody's all have their own friends. likes and loves and hates and dislikes and it's allowed that someone likes something that someone doesn't and they can still get along. Yeah, yeah. It's a crazy th- I know it's a crazy thing to think, but it, it can work if people stop being fucking assholes to everybody they come across for yeah. no reason. You would think that would be easy. Like, this week, like you said, you're just chilling this week. Like, this weekend, for me, has been kind of a shit show because I went to work, and work was, you know, kind of slow. It actually crawled by. I was like, all right, hopefully the weekend will pick up. Well, I picked up my kid, ran to the store, right, grabbed some stuff for dinner. Friday was all right. No, Friday was not horrendous. Um, But we get back from the store... Yeah, this happened on Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I retract Friday wasn't horrendous, right? We get back from the store, and we're unloading the little bit of groceries that we got for, you know, dinner and whatnot for the evening. And uh, I've got a I've got a van, and it's got a hydraulic lift gate. Well, apparently the little pneumatic arm was had a crack in it, and I knew it was there. And I was looking to replace it this weekend when I got paid. I was like, all right, I got nothing to do Saturday. So I'll run to the junkyard, grab the piece I need, pop it on there. Easy peasy, right? Well, no, the universe was like, oh, you got plans? Nah, son. We're going to change those. So we're unloading groceries. And my kid is, you know, she's standing outside the lift gate. Or they're standing outside the lift gate. Correction on that. Um, All of a sudden, the lift gate coonks. And then goes down. The whole thing swings down, smashes, and then my back fucking window explodes. Just boom! Everywhere, right? Like somebody hit that bitch with a shotgun. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck! I was planning on replacing that part this fucking weekend. Right? So I'm like, oh, well, nothing I can do about it. So Bernadette and I go out there, scrape all the glass up, put plastic on the back of the window, looking all like hoopty ride. Right? Run over, get the food, because we already paid for the food. So, go get food, eat dinner, call the auto shop on Saturday morning and be like, hey, what's the deal? They're like, yeah, we can do that, but we can't get you until Wednesday. I'm like, fuck! So, and then, Saturday, it's you, I, go to the, I go to the grocery store uh, to get everything, 
And now my budget has decreased because I got to drop, you know, a chunk of change on a back window. And everybody seems to be, like, in a bad mood at the grocery store. And I'm like, bitch, I'm, I don't got time for y'all's attitude. My window's broke. I got a limited budget. You know, my girlfriend <laughs> dropped someone off and she almost got T-boned in the van. Like, it's it's been a series of unfortunate events. And it's like, oh. And then my kids' headphones that she got they got for their birthday just stopped working. So she's had, they've had them for, like, two weeks. And they're like, Dad, as as I'm streaming last night, they come down and go, Dad, my headphones broke. I'm like, they're brand new. What do you mean they broke? So this morning, I got to get up and refund them with Amazon, run out to Best Buy, get her a fucking another pair of headphones, drop her off to her mom, come home, the fucking lawnmower won't start to cut the grass. It's like, ah. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be a horrible human being, and I'm going to make fucking... I'm going to make deep fried snacky bits for the podcast and drink beer and not worry about it. Speaking of beer, what are you drinking this week? Um, I'm drinking one of the beers you asked me to pick up. Mm -hmm. Um, I am drinking Estrella Dam. Estrella Dam, huh? Hot Dam! It's the oldest Spanish beer as far as I'm aware. Really? Um, I I, I had a wee read at the the website. The website's something fucking different, I tell you that. Is it? The only, this is the only, like, they have, like, two beers, uh-huh. that's it, and their website is basically just about how, like, they're then, like, they're, they're trying to save humanity. Uh-huh. Like, what? Like they're trying to save cool. humanity with beer? Yeah, like, well, I don't think it's with beer, I think it's kind of like, they've got a whole, like, situation where they're trying to clear up the oceans, and they're mm. trying to do this, and they're trying to do that. Like, there's just a whole bunch of stuff that they are doing, like, for sustainability. Uh-huh. But, like, if you go check out their website, because there's a whole, there's whole loads of different things. And as it's a case of they have, like, one beer, or two beers. I'll give you two beers. <laughs> um, but as far as I know, the beer is, it's the oldest beer in, uh, I'm just, I'm going to look it up. Fuck it. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm looking it up. <laughs> Well, I'd, I'd rather look it up and, and, and just sign it, because it's the original recipe from 18, 1876, 1876. Damn. and I'm pretty sure it does say somewhere that it's the, the oldest Spanish-made beer, uh-huh. which seems like a pretty cool fucking thing, but um, yeah, so it's like, it is actually quite nice, I mean, here it's still, it's like, I wouldn't say it's quite like Budweiser generic level. Right. It's it's sort of more like see like you over here you have like your Peroni, which is like a little bit more of an expensive beer. Like if you go to a bar, the likes of like your 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 Carling, your Budweiser, your Tennant, uh-huh. uh your Miller, those are the sort of like the the low budget ones. They're the ones that everybody drinks. It's those are the standbys. Yeah, like it's same with like your Stella Artois and that. Like mm. that's your your generic. But then you have the likes of Estrella and Peroni. Uh, Corona as well. Corona can sometimes set you back an extra pound or two on a pint. But mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of the much more... It's not the working class beer. Mm. It's the... it's the If the banker wants a beer, <laughs> if you don't want to go craft, you're going to the putters, you get a pint of Peroni or Estrella and it kind of... Other people look at you like, look at this rich fucker there. Look at this rich bastard. Watching the cash. <laughs> like, how fucking dirty. 
That's the um, motherfucker we roll when he leaves the bar. That's how that goes. But um, it's it's. I mean, it's better than Budweiser. I'll I'll give that much. Right. But again, it's just for me because I prefer craft beers and ales and lagers like that. Yeah, me too. It's it's hard to get a taste for it. Like I picked up four because they come in four packs. So right. I mean, I'll drink them, but it's mm. not a beer that I would go out my way to buy. Yeah. Mayor often, but that's a personal. It's a nice beer. It's crisp. Um, it's, it's crisp. Refreshing. Yeah, it's crisp. Like, it's clean. For, a, for a good, like, see for the hot weather. Like, see for, like, Scottish hot weather. <laughs> I was like, it's you want like, to rethink that? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, like, because, like, hot weather. Like, if you're sitting at, like, 15 degrees, it's nice and toasty outside. You're <laughs> no. having your taps no. off. You're having uh-huh. the sunshine. No. Beating 75. In you. It's 75. a good beer for that. 75. So, what's that? 30. So it's like 32, 35 Celsius, 75. I think the last time Scotland hit 32 degrees <laughs> Celsius was around about... I think it's the same time that the T-Rex started roaming the, the, the earth. Well, I'm pretty sure that's roughly that You just need that some more smog, baby. You just need some more smog. You'll be all right. Do you when Scotland was a tropical When Scotland was fucking... free. <laughs> But no, when you hit, I would say like I mean, twenty two degrees is a really warm summer for us. Yeah. So I would say it's it would be fucking perfect for that. But obviously here, cider's taking a bit more of a like mm. I, like the beer or the cider I was drinking last week, the the Cronenberg. Yeah, that's perfect for a hot fucking day. Like yeah. see that over ice? Oh, it's it's fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. But no, it's it's a good beer. It's it's. It's good for a night out. It's good for sitting in the house, having one or two. But I get it's nothing special for right. me. Nothing to write home so, to the girlfriend about. Yeah, like it's it's just it's it's a beer. It's it's nice. It has that hoppy, crisp taste. Yeah, no much better you could hope for. <clears throat> so what what Chris was talking about for those of you that are listening is we came up with this idea of swapping beer lists a couple weeks ago, and then we forgot to do it. I forgot to do it and forgot to do it. And then we did it this week. And I sent Chris the link to my local shop where they have an online list of the beer section. And he made a list of beers. And he gave me a list of his local Tesco. And I made a list. He found, and he said he could probably find most of the shit that I found. I go to the store to find the list that he finds. I find one, one beer on the list. In in the in the available pick mix, and it was the fucking clamato, fucking lime, fucking shit. Oh, your Budweiser strawberryto. No, no. Well, yeah. Well, that was the alternative. I found that one, but like, and then, so what I was gonna do today was drop my kid off and run to the other store, but with having to buy the back window, I was waiting for my Twitch check to drop because it usually drops on the fifteenth. But that's a Saturday, so it didn't drop. So I'm like, fuck it. I don't, with me having to buy the back window, I don't have, I responsibly can't take money out of the budget because my Twitch money is my internet bill and my beer money for the show and artwork and stuff, you know, yeah. for that. So I was like, fuck it. I'll get it Monday for next week's uh, podcast because I know at the other shop, I called them and there's a couple of them on the list. So. Next week, I'll, I'll at least have a couple of the the ones from the list you gave me. But yeah. no, it's cool anyway. Like at the end of the day, it was more just a 
It was more it's let like I normally buy the same drinks that I like. You mm. usually buy your fruity shit that you Shut like. Shut up! And the whole point of it was mm, you picking up stuff that I would pick mm. up and vice versa. Right. You try and have that diverse. You're trying something different now. Mm-hmm. And I tried to keep it, like, I tried to have, like, your Budweiser strawberry <laughs> on that so you could get that fruity stuff as well. But it's, it is what it is. Sometimes it just doesn't quite work out. <laughs> yeah, so today I'm, I had a couple of the, the blue bobbers, uh, the blue bobber blueberry that I had. So I was like, fuck it, I'll just grab one of those and Chris will tease me about my fruity beers. <laughs> what it? Here's a question. You see, I bet you're fruity. I'm not. I'm not a beer connoisseur. I wouldn't qualify myself as that. But why? We wouldn't qualify you that as that either. <laughs> so you're, you're good. You're, you wouldn't be fooling anybody. <laughs> because I can drink regular beer. I just prefer beers that don't taste like fucking grass all beer. the time. I you like don't beer. Like beer that I tastes like, like beer. You, you like beer that tastes like fruit juice. That's not true because that Matilda and that cream ale that I that's on my top three tastes like fucking beer. Only one fruity beer is on my list of top five. Shut the fuck up with that. That's fake news and you know it. 14 episodes and you've had two beers. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck Root you. Beer stick out. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I had to outboard. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't like it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fine. This is, I'm not going to drink it. Jesus Christ. It's been a week, my guy. It's been a week. Oh, we're, what, 40, 42 days out from the move or something? 41, 40 days, something like that. Uh, it must from the be less than that, because it was 42 on Thursday or Friday, is it? Uh, yeah, so let's see. It's the 16th. We're leaving the 25th, so that's, uh, yeah, about 40, yeah, a little about 40 days out. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And it's, it's, uh, yeah, having a window explode, <laughs> having a window explode in my driveway is better than having to explode a thousand miles from nowhere. That is true. Like, it could be worse. Although, like, it would at least mean that your air conditioner was working. <laughs> All right. You just uh, have to drive fast in the rain so it doesn't get in. Well, it's the back <laughs> window, so as long as we're driving forward, it ain't going to come in yeah. anyway. Exactly. You just can't, you cannot reverse any time. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna make backing up to the house kind of difficult. Yeah, that's the thing is like the move is uh, coming up and my resume is up. I got to start applying for jobs, and apparently the plan is to go camping when we get there. Like Bernadette was telling me, she goes, "Uh, uh well, when we get out there, because we're gonna get out there like the twenty eighth or 29th or whatever, because we're leaving the twenty fifth. It's a thirty some hour drive, but we're not gonna like Iron Man the bitch." Because we got kids and a dog. <laughs> and they're going to need to pee. <laughs> and stretch their legs. Man, that's yeah. I mean, if it was just me and Bernadette, we'd iron man it. But we got the kids. So we're probably going to take it a little slow. So we're going to... The plan is to leave the morning of the 25th and just kind of live stream some of the bullshit. Just like, who's ever not driving can talk to chat. If I mean, if everybody's cool with it, I don't know. Probably just... Because when we, when we drive, Bernadette and I just ramble and rant about shit. And that's kind of hilarious. Like... So I figure I'll just put it on the dashboard. I got like a little dashboard mount, and then as I'm driving, she can uh, let me know what chat says or whatever. Because I'm not putting TTS on. Fuck you, no. 
Why not? That'd be fucking hilarious. Because I've seen way too many TTS fail videos where I'm like, I'm I'm not even going to experiment with that. Well, that's actually hu- uh, upsetting for you to just assume that the people of your community would be that upsetting to you. Like, that... <laughs> I've, I've, I'm, it's I'm not my community to worried about! It's the random fucking trolls! What random trolls... We shut them down in chat before they even get a chance. <laughs> yeah, but with TTS, they can do it automatically. Aye, but you just put your thing on that it blanks out. Like, there's <laughs> literally, if you go into it, it's hilarious because you can change the setting mm. and see any words that are on the system as, like, bad and offensive words. Mm-hmm. It'll automatically change them to happy words. Oh, really? So I know it'll that. literally change their message to actually a wholesome message. <laughs> so you never have, to, and you still get their money. I just might win, have to. Do, I might. Have, I didn't know about that. I might have to do that now. <laughs> yeah, because I looked into it just just to see mm-hmm. what the, the hang is. But there is there's a specific way to do it that you can change the settings so that it will any offensive words that happen it can be just, they'll change it automatically before it's read out. Nice. And it'll just change. And then you can add your own words in if you want. Like, Yeah, I was thinking about downloading a, a, a Twitch list and just importing it to Twitch of, like, offensive terms. Because mm. That's your best bet. There's a, bunch of, there's a bunch of lists you can basically download and just import it right yeah. to Twitch. And Twitch will be like, oh, you don't want these words showing up? Okay. We'll block yeah, those in chat. At the same time, you can set it. There is settings where you can have different levels of mm-hmm. it kind of covering it. But I think a lot of people tend to, like, they don't have the level of, like, if you just do, like, fully thing, like, any swear words gets blanked out. And you know yourself it's the context. Right. So it is, it's a case of, like, I prefer just doing the custom yeah, you can put too. in certain words because I mean, like, there's a particular word that I use constantly through my fucking streams. <laughs> yeah, you do. And if I was to do that, like, but again, context is in Scotland. It's just you, it's a term of endearment. You, you, you drop that. You drop that c word pretty frequently. Uh, it's just because that's just like as time is. It's just what you call. So it doesn't necessarily mean bad. It's whatever. Adjective or noun you put at the start of it that decides whether or no you're being aggressive or not. Like <laughs> yeah. If you say, "Oh, aye, that guy's a good cunt," like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's just you're a good guy. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because um, I was, I was, I don't know what it was, but Bernadette was hanging out with me when you were when we weren't doing the podcast. You were just in chat, and I think it was Stardew, and you were trying to get the fucking fish, and you're like, "I'm waiting for the fucking cunt," and Bernadette was like, "What? What? What? What?" <laughs> Oh, and that we were doing Stardew Valley, I'm sure. Yeah. And I was like, like I know he's from fish. Scotland. She goes, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Because she knows. <laughs> but, like, if I drop the C word, she'll be like, I'm going to kill you, motherfucker. I think that's it. It's just it's like, it's, it's, it's like the, the, the Scottish and Irish are a lot more thing. I mean, the English they use a lot as well, but no, like, our emphasis is on the T. Like, right. see, if you were just, I mean, ah, you can't. That's just a jokey kind of, ah, you can't <laughs> yeah. play for a time. But see if we hit you with that T, like, you are a complete fucking cunt. Exactly. That's when you know you fucked up. Well, and... <laughs> That's how it goes. And in, in, in that same context, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little dicey here, so... Warning for everybody, Dox is not an asshole. He's highlighting something. 
So over here, you've got the N-word with the hard R, right? Mm -hmm. And then you got the N-word with the A at the end. Now, if you're if you're a brother and you drop the N-A on somebody, your homies, your pals, your friends. But if you drop the N-word with the hard R, you're a fucking asshole and you're going to get your ass whooped. So, yeah, context, context is everything. Yeah. And then, like, with me and you, we talk about cultural, uh, culture shock all the time. That word, the C word over here is, is predominantly connotated as a bad word or the most heinous word you can call a woman, right? Where over there, yeah. it's just like, depending on context, you're, you're, you know, you're a dude, you're a guy, you're, you're a bro. Funny enough, the, the word that over here that you normally have is that distinct, like, trying to think, it's calling a woman a wee cow. <laughs> What really? Like, that's it. Like, see, turn around, ah, yeah, we fucking cow. That's like, like that's more offensive than calling them a cunt. <laughs> that's the craziest thing about it. Is that you <laughs> think me? Like, you'll turn around and go like, ah, that guy's a cunt. That's that's it. That gets played off. But see, so oh, that we fucking cow. <laughs> and and media's like, oh, what's she done? What has she done? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like calling somebody a heifer over here. Be like, you fucking heifer. What'd you say? I called you a fat That's bitch. Insane. That's what I called you. Because I, I can always remember the first time when I was I, I'd met an American, and I dropped the C bomb or the <laughs> See you next Tuesday, and yeah, that was the good. time you mean See you next Tuesday, and it was that kind of no, I meant you cunt, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was the to left there where you kind of go, oh, I they find that offensive. They, uh -huh. they, Ah, well, that's why she was quite. She was she was acting like a cunt. That's why. That's exactly. why. It's because I, I, I called her out in her cuntish behavior, and she didn't like it. Yeah. Well, you, you think about it. Like, if you call someone, um, what's the term? Bay. Bay over here is like my boo, my boy, my man. But like in like Finland or 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 somewhere in Scandinavia, bay means shit. Yeah. So basically, you're calling your boyfriend a huge piece of shit, and it, it's funny. To and me. a lot of cases that that <laughs> kind of worked as well. Yeah. <laughs> like all this context works in that sense. Well, I, I think I think it's hilarious because George Carlin, the great comedian George Carlin, always had this bit, and I'm not going to do the bit because I can't do the bit justice. But the 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 crux of the bit was words are just words. And then he yeah. would proceed to drop every racial slur he could think of for, like, Asians, blacks, whites, Jews, everything. He'd just, he'd just drop them for, like, five minutes, and you just hear the crowd go. You know, just dead silence, eyes wide. And then he goes, he goes, those are just words. And then he'd pick one or two of the, of the really bad ones, and then he'd say, well, if I called you, or I said it like this, then you're going to want to kill me. But if I just randomly spout some stupid shit, they're just stupid shit. He goes, words have no power unless we give them power. True. I can, again, I can see how, like, that is a true statement. But at the same time, I think it's also, it's, that's where the fine line comes mm -hmm. off. Well, you don't get to decide yep. what offends someone else. Exactly. You don't get to decide if you hurt someone else. It's like, um, if you break up with somebody and they get hurt, like, and it's, it's an, an, a heartbreaking moment for them, and you turn around or you cheat on somebody, 
and it breaks their heart and all that kind of stuff. And you turn and run and gone. Oh well, it was only that. It wasn't really thing. Yeah. You don't have the right to decide how you hurt. See if someone tells you that you've hurt them, you've hurt them. Yeah. You don't get 100%. to decide whether or not you have. Like that's just how it is. It's how you handle that that mm. decides how it is. Uh, and that I think that's where the fine line is. Is that yeah, yeah words only have power when you give them power. But I think what the problem is, is there's certain words that have been given power by mm-hmm. powerful people. Yep. That 100%. no matter how you react to it, they'll always have that power. So yeah. I think there is quite a... Again, it's the context that yep. it comes into. There's just some words that just should not... Like, it's just disgusting words. Yeah, like they were made by a certain group to describe. It does not matter who says it in what context. It is a disgusting word. Yeah, but and that... in other senses, there is a lot of words. This my word included that, no, in different places will have a different reaction. And again, it is like out. As much as it's hard, again, it goes back to my first point at the start of the podcast. So I know how Americans don't like that word, so I'll try my hardest not to use it when in the company of Americans because it's just I, I know they don't like it. Like they find it more offensive than anything else. But at the same time, I would appreciate it if people from other cultures would understand that it's part of my culture, it's part yeah. of my existence, and that. You don't have you have as much right to change me as I have to change you. Because in my thing, I could be turning so well, I'm Scottish, I'm gonna say it, you'll just have to go on with it and deal with it and accept me as I am. But at the same time, that's where the thing the swing can kind of go is that if I'm saying it in an aggressive manner, in a hating manner, by all means I'm an arsehole. But if I'm saying it just in the context of we're having a laugh, it's just it's a term that we use here freely, then don't don't be an asshole about it. Yeah. Like, and a guy like me a guy like me personally, I have a lot of friends that are, are foreign. Like there's you, there's Yui, there's Monster, there's Sneak, there's Howler who's from uh Holland, there's um my buddy Kai from Singapore. So when guys that I talk to on Discord, like you or you, or they come in the chat and they drop words that are that over here people get touchy about, I don't. Yeah. It doesn't hurt me because I know it's a cultural thing, and like you said, that comes with the uh, um the the understanding and and the the kindness to learn that it's a part of your culture. So. I yeah. think that's a good exactly. segue into the main topic of kindness and understanding <clears throat> because you uh you brought it up so let's talk about it the, the kindness and why what you said kindness why we can't live in a world filled with it what do you mean by that well it was more it wasn't a kind of like why we can't live in a world it was more of a why can't we live mm-hmm. in a world full of it like why are there so many people that use their power in life to be unkind why are there so many people that go out their way to be nasty 
or argumentative or aggressive and just downright arsehole. Mm-hmm. Like, downright cunts. Can, like, aye. Downright cunts. <laughs> downright but cunts. But it's like, like, there's just so many people that... It's, it's not so much that there's some people that have a belief system, and I understand that, right? Mm. When their belief system impacts the lives of others, your belief system is wrong. Yeah. But at the same time, what you have to look at it is the people that say that they're wrong for their belief and try and think it are, are impacting on their life. Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of it's a battle that's back and forward because you're both fighting for the same thing. You're both fighting for your belief, right. and it's it's one of those ones again. There is people out there that are just nasty. They just don't want people to succeed. They don't want people to enjoy themselves. They don't want people to have happiness. They have these horrible stigmas over certain people, creeds, colors, genders, anything like that, and. I think what the problem comes with is that see if everybody was just to allow everybody else to enjoy themselves. What do you probably have a better time? I'm, I, I, I don't really know. I've never really been able because as soon as you ask somebody that's in that board, they become aggressive and argumentative mm-hmm. as if they are knowing they're wrong. But it's just that kind of way, like, over the last kind of week, I've been watching a lot of videos um, where of people that are like just random acts of kindness. Mm-hmm. It's like people stopping in the middle of the road to help someone cross it. It's people returning a fucking purse that they've found. It's people helping a homeless person in the street. It's people helping animals in need. It's, it's the fact that there's a on YouTube, there's countless videos of these people being shown as if they're going against the norm. Which right. it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a thing to have all these videos. Oh, look how amazing these people in an act of kindness. Because it should be a normal thing. We should all be doing be. that. Like, it used to be normal. The, but it never was. Let's be real. What do you mean? Well, it's one of those ones, since man existed, you've never had constant kindness. There's always been someone that's greed. Like, no matter where you are in the world, there's always going to be a group of people that do not want kindness. They don't mm-hmm. want to give kindness. They don't want to show kindness. They just want to be assholes. Right. And, like, at no point in history has there ever not been that. You just have to simply look at what. And how constantly for the last what thousand years, two thousand years, three thousand years, there's always been a war somewhere in the world. Like there's always been a war, be it over fucking oil, over sand, over religion, fucking something. There's mm-hmm. always been a war. So there's always been hatred in the world. I think what the problem is, is that for so long people believed that you have love and hate, and as long as we focus on love, it'll always drown out hate. Right. What the problem is, is I feel as if hate is getting a lot more exposure. Hate is getting a lot more media attention. Hate is getting a lot stronger voice, that it's making it more and more difficult for love to drown out. Okay, I I see what you're saying. 
But let me play devil's advocate. That's a very pessimistic view of well, humanity. No, not really. I mean, like, no, let, let me let me explain before you before you jump in because from a species standpoint, I would agree that there isn't kindness as a whole, but there is kindness in communities. There have been nations where egalitarianism and altruism have been the mainstay, but the problem, like you said, is that greed and the quest for power and, and, and things like that seem to override the much more uh, peaceable emotion of kindness. Now, I would say that to, to your point of the media, yeah, if it bleeds, it leads 100%. Because that's what's going to sell the papers, that's what's going to get clicks. But um, I don't think kindness is is as rare as you know you, you were saying it was. And I know you're I know you're trying to make a point. I'm not saying that you are basically denigrating kindness, but I think kindness is one of those things that is something that people view as now especially nowadays like a weakness or it leaves you exposed and i don't i don't see how that would be the mindset that if you do something kind it's gonna leave you open as a sucker or whatnot because me i do i do random acts of kindness all the time like i was just out with uh sammy my my kid and we were in the store and there was a an elderly woman uh you know, getting a gallon of milk, but the milk was on the way, 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 way bottom rack, like near the floor. She couldn't bend down. So I, I walked up and said, ma'am, can I help you? And she was, she was startled. She was like, Whoa. I was like, do you need a gallon of milk? She's like, I can get it myself. I'm like, okay, but way easier for me to bend down and grab you a gallon or two. And it was like, it was shocking. And I, and I had this happen in Subway last week too, where there was a woman just bitching up a storm about how um she said that she wanted one ingredient but didn't want the other ingredient and i turned around and said who the fuck are you the dude's making a sandwich he put the ingredient you stated shut the fuck up and let the man make a sandwich like you're over here making uh, making this dude's life hell because you misspoke not that he misheard you and she's like well essentially she was rambling on and she goes well, if my husband was here, you wouldn't say this to me. And my retort to her was, if your husband was here, you wouldn't be saying this shit either. And the the guy and the lady behind the counter were like, well, why'd you do that? I was like, because that's, that's not appropriate for her to take her, her shit out on you because she misspoke. So I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree that kindness is, is, is a fleeting commodity. I would agree that greed and, and hatred do get more press. I think it's just because we don't highlight kindness because it's not, it doesn't get the clicks. It doesn't get the views. It doesn't get the response. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I get what you're saying, but in those two instances that you've just described, both instances also had unkindness. So you've no really argued that kindness is more, seen than unkindness because you literally said you went across to help a woman get the milk and she immediately, I can get it myself. Right. You went to the subway and there was someone being a nasty cow. 
and you stepped in to be kind. And they immediately were surprised that you're doing it. There was another time you said, literally one of the first episodes we'd done in the podcast, where you said that you were at the store where you're your kid and another patron came out and she dropped her shopping or something like that Mm -hmm. and you went across to help and your kid was asking why you were being more kind, why were you being kind, you were being too nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that. That's where I'm saying that over the last number of years, the power of love defeats all has slowly and surely been overtaken by this power of every man for themselves because you're too nice for going and help somebody that has dropped their shot. You're too nice by picking up somebody's milk, but that was like that's weird and random. Why like I can do it myself. You stepping in and saying someone's being nasty was a shock to the system for other people. So in those three instances you're the one being nice, but three people are now confused as to why you're being nice. That means there's a one in three chance of kindness. Mm. That means two in three are not. Okay. I see your so point. I don't mean to sound that pessimistic and right. that hatred is everywhere. Everybody hates everybody. So I'm no, I don't mean it in that. And if that's how it came up, then I apologize. But no, it didn't come I'm across meaning... that way, but it, it did come across as, as sort of a, a pessimistic view that kindness was such a rarity that hatred overpowers it. But you didn't come across as like the hatred doomsayer for sure. Yeah. Well, all I mean is, is when you look at the likes of YouTube and social media and that, People being kind seems to be treated as a rarity. Okay. Because not many people see it now. Yeah. And even at that, the other thing that comes from it is at what point did kindness have to be recorded? Because, see, for me, see if I see, like, oh, there's an animal in need. Mm hmm. First off, I need to get my phone out, set up the camera perfect so that it can capture my whole act of kindness so that I can perform the act of kindness, share it on social media to make everybody see just how kind I am instead of just doing the act of kindness. Right, but... Like, you don't need to show off. Like, kindness is not to gain anything. An act of kindness is you doing something. The videos that are on are normally from a bystander that is right. witnessing something be kind. That's where the rarity is. Most act, like see when you see these videos, uh, oh, what we're going to do is we're going to go down here and we're going to give this homeless man $100 and we're going to film his reaction. Why? Why are you broadcasting this poor human being's life that is down in the dumps to make you look better. That well, is not kindness. That no, is no, no, no. you trying to get views. Right. You, you. I mean, I mean to jump in because I got a point that you made. If you're doing an act of kindness that has to be filmed to be put on social media, and you're the one doing it, like you said, you're gonna save the animal, but you're gonna jump out the car, set up your phone. That's not kindness. That's that's self-serving. That's 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 look at me. Look at me. True kindness is altruistic in nature. And for those yeah. of you that might not know the word or, you know, 
whatever. Altruism is basically you do without the expectation of reward or accolade, right? It's you do the the action or give the 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 whatever it is you're giving without the thought of reciprocity or accolade or 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 um or recognition. And I think that's I think the word kindness and the, and the way we're talking about it isn't the fact that kindness is gone. I think altruism is gone more than kindness. But again, altruism and kindness go part and part. Right. You cannot be kind if you're expecting recognition or reward for your kindness. That is not kindness. That is doing something for gain. Yeah, it's it's tough because like that's where that's where the where I'm thinking on it is that nowadays people only want to help other people if they will gain from it, and to me that's not help. That is just another way of being selfish. And I know again, everybody has to work out for themselves, make sure that they are on time and all that kind of stuff. But maybe that's where we went wrong, is that. The only way someone will help someone is if they're going to gain from it. Maybe that's what the problem is, is that no one nowadays really wants to help someone for the sake of helping. And that, to me, is a rarity. Right. And it's not that it doesn't get broadcasted because you can argue, well, the reason why you don't see those acts of kindness is because they're not recorded, they're not put up and stuff like that. But again... That's not the point. Is the point is because of the way that hate is like I can tell you right now, right? That must have been about twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. So I was around about ten, eleven, right? And there was a story about up the road. Now I'm where I live. It's the East End. It's it's the kind of lower end of right. civilization, Socio- yeah, socioeconomic downturn a little bit, yeah. That's what the East End has always been. It's the poorer side of the, the, the city. And it was a kind of you fight to survive sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And the story that we heard was there was a man, it was a woman, about 54, mm-hmm. walking along the street with a dog, out for a walk, round about 9pm at night, dark. She was walking along, and the story that she gave is she seen a young girl lying at the side of the road as if she was hurt. Mm. So the woman walked over to make sure she was okay. And at that moment, four men jumped out from behind the wall, pushed her to the ground and started beating her. Mm. The girl that was on the ground then stood up laughing and started beating the woman too. The woman ended up in hospital for weeks Mm. with a fractured skull, cheekbone, jaw. Nobody heard what happened to the dog. But that's where I'm saying that over the last 20 years at least, so many people are actually more scared to help people because this whole... Like, you just have to even look at it like somebody holds a door open for somebody and a minority of people is like a... What you don't think I can hold a door open for myself, and it's like, well, fucking open it yourself, then you can. Yeah, I... like that's where I'm saying that the the small acts of kindness seem to be aggressively pushed out through hate. 
because for whatever reason why, no one can be kind to anyone anymore, either through fear that they fucked up or fear that they will get fucked up. Okay, yeah, okay, I, I see where you're going and I, I've I've got I've got some thoughts on it. I think one, the the cultural shift and the, the way the generations have progressed is back when our parents grew up, acts of kindness were probably more prevalent, right? People had because I think the, the that reason is because the community was stronger as a community, right? I remember, and yeah. I'm I'm in my forties, right? So I'm I'm a little older than a lot of streamers. I remember growing up in a neighborhood that had block parties. Everybody's neighbors knew you, and if you if the neighbors knew your parents, the neighbors would come out and whoop your ass, call your mom, and then your mom would whoop your ass because Becky down the street saw you being an asshole. She whooped your ass, and then mama whooped your ass. Nowadays, because of the the and I don't want to paint a grim picture, and I don't want to come off as expressly negative, but the societal shift away from community via social media, technological advances where people don't go out and, and you know, conversate in person, the fact that you need multiple incomes to survive so you don't have the time to get together with John and Becky down the street and have a cookout, I think a lot of that has has precipitated a lot of the a lot of the me first and well, I don't know them mentality. And I think, I think that's just, a, I think that's just a, a victim of the way that the, the way the world's society works with economics, right? We have to work more. So we got to be gone more. We don't have free time more because the bills dominate more. So I don't have time to hang out with my neighbors like I used to. Right. Then you got the technology where it's like, well, I don't, I don't, really need to go talk to bill because i can just text bill or i can facetime bill or i can i can hit bill up on facebook and we can talk that way i think that that precipitates it too and then the safety issue is a legitimate issue because we don't know we don't know community anymore no com nobody's watching out for anybody anymore like there's been a couple times where i have on my own coming home from work when i worked at night stopped and saw somebody on the side of the road i slowed down pulled over and yeah i've done the check where are they at is the area secured do i see anybody in the bushes get out of my car keep my distance ask them if they need help and if shit seems hinky like sorry dude i'm out i've, I've had those moments but i've also mm -hmm. had those moments where it has been legitimate in need and i understand i'm the outlier in this situation like, I, a lot of people don't do that. Mainly, I do it because I'm confident enough in my skills of hand-to-hand -hand combat and understanding real-world safety situations where I'm not concerned about Jimbo trying to mug me for my car because I will beat that man's ass into the ground whether he's got two friends or not. So I understand I'm an outlier, but I agree that the safety concern seems to be bigger now than what it was when I was a kid, and maybe that's... The ignorance is bliss sort of cover that I had as a kid or my parents seem to have as a kid. Or maybe, like I said in the beginning of, of my of my rebuttal was maybe community was stronger. Maybe the connection to one another was stronger than it is now. Because, I mean, in my neighborhood now, we live in what you would classify as a ghetto. Like, it is, it is dangerous as shit. 
there's a lot of people not making a lot of money. There's a lot of criminal element around. But my neighbor Emmanuel and my neighbor Luis and I, we're, we're, you know, we cook out. We give each other food. I get a food delivery from the pantry. What we don't use goes to Emmanuel or goes to Luis. But that's something that we, my girlfriend Bernadette and I, have fostered on our street. We, we've kind of fostered that community on our street. So if something goes down on our street, I know that Mike across the street and Luis and Emmanuel and James, I think his name is James, the other guy, will step out on the porch and be like, hey, take that shit on the next block. But I think that's a rarity because the, of what you laid out and what, we, what I've just laid out is the changing times and the way technology, social media, and the fact that nobody has time for community anymore have realistically eroded a lot of that a lot of the kindness that i saw as a kid because a lot of the kindness i saw was community based you know what i mean no i get what you mean one point that i do want to make cool is literally like what 30 minutes ago you Kind of, you didn't make the argument, but you made the point that my view of it could be perceived as pessimistic. Love it. You then went on there to say how you turning up and having a look and seeing someone's in need, you have the confidence in your hand-to-hand combat skills to be able to stand up with me. You've literally just made the point that you can be kind and help people because you have skills in fighting. Okay, I didn't mean it like so that. I would like to kind of reiterate the how can you then argue when other people may have the pessimistic outlook on that when you yourself, who argued against it, then used the term that you feel confident in helping someone that you see and if it does if it does feel wrong or right or anything like that you have the knowledge and the confidence and your skills to defend yourself that basically to me just sounds as if it goes right well we can have kindness in the world but you need to be able to fight off attackers in order to be kind okay no no i i, I got you i got you i got you <laughs> the reason i made that caveat was because i think the point i was trying to stress in that situation was i don't have the safety concern as much as somebody else because of my background now but should there be a safety concern and be nice but there's i agree there shouldn't and i and you said that i i thought your view was pessimistic i thought your setup and the way you uh, set your outlook up could be perceived as pessimistic and yes, I reinforced it in some ways, but I think what I was trying to say, and you do this all the time and I appreciate it, is when it comes to my situation, and I, and I gave the caveat, I'm an outlier. I'm, I'm the odd one in this situation. I grew up experiencing community kindness, and I had a mother who would routinely kick my ass if I didn't display kindness. But... All my kind efforts are for, one, in my estimation, safe for me to do because I understand the surroundings of the area. And two, I'm also aware that other eyes on me. So when I do those acts of kindness, I do them consciously knowing that people are going to be like, what are you doing? 
And my hope is by doing an act of getting the milk for the old lady or stepping up for the subway people or helping the woman who dropped her purse in the shop, that maybe that my act of kindness, consciously knowing it's being viewed by other bystanders, may inspire them, like we do with this podcast, to one, ask the question of, why did that guy do it? Two, why didn't I think to do it? And three, why is he the only one when there's 8, 10, 12 other people just milling around the situation? So I don't think it's, it's, I do it because I feel that I have the skills to do it. I do it because one, it's the right thing. And two, by doing it, by me doing it, knowing I am capable of doing it and giving myself the power to do these acts of kindness, I hope that, um, much like Deverton said, uh, earlier in chat and he quoted Superman and I'm not Superman, but he said, Clark Kent said, being kind is the hardest thing you'll ever have to do. And I think a lot of times the choice to be kind is hard because we're, we have to take a risk. We have to put ourselves out there. We have to slow ourselves down from, Oh, okay. I was at the store, but my, my popsicles are melting. You can take 30 seconds to help a woman. Like a couple of years ago, uh, it was the middle of winter. I was out with my kid again because they go with me to the store all the time because that's I tell my kids all the time the best way to get quality time with me if I if I can't come to you is come tag along with dad when dad's cooking dad's running errands we can talk hang out right and over the months I've made effort to go to them more too but initially that's the way you can get quality time with dad is you come hang out with dad and do what you know run errands with dad because we can talk so it's the middle of winter we're at the store this woman's got three kids, two of them infants, right? She's got a shopping cart full of groceries and a toddler as the third kid. Just rambunctious as shit, right? Just They're in the fucking slippery ass, cold ass, blizzard parking lot. Cars are spinning around. So I tell my kid, hey, go go get in the car. We put ours away. And they look at me and go, what are you going to do? So I'm going to walk over there and I'm going to help that lady put her groceries in because she's got two kids she's got to put in car seats and she's got a toddler that's going to dart out in traffic and get smacked like Frogger. And again, my kid was like, okay, I get it, but why? I'm like, because I can. Mm -hmm. And if people can, they should, regardless of if they have the skills to do so. The reason I bring up the skill point or the, or the training is in the scenario that you propose, the woman getting used as bait and then getting beat. If you have the skills to protect yourself and you can make the, the, the call to potentially walk into an unknown dangerous situation, do so if you can. That's the way I feel. But I, I make those judgment calls based off of knowing myself. Not necessarily that I'm a badass, but it's more of a confidence and an understanding of who I am and what I'm capable of as opposed to the unknown that I'm going into. Does that make sense? That does make sense. And I, I was demeaning it as in, like, like it was sounded as if you were just trying to act. No, no, no. You, no. Were, you weren't. The, the thing may not. But it was more just trying to make the point of, like, and the other, you, you literally done an, another little thing where you'd said that you see yourself as the outlier, like the, the odd one out that goes and be kind even though there's eight, nine, ten other people right. around you. So again, like kicking my ass today. You've you've once again and kicking my ass made the point of one in ten people 
were kind to help when there was plenty of other people. They were in the exact same situation as you. There was no outlying danger that someone was going to come in and beat you up. There was to this, there was to that. But if there was other people there and they didn't, and like I get your point, and we do need more people that just be kind because if you are kind, it could breed others to be kind. They see that you're being kind, and it's time. Like I, I get that, and that's that is a point where we have to make is just be more kind. Mm. Hence the title of the, the the episode. But that's why I'm. That's the point I'm making is that it's not that people aren't kind. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that there's so many factors that are coming in that's showing people that less and less people are being kind just to be kind. Like, it's it's more as if there always has to be a gain to be able to do it. Like, you going out and helping somebody take their, their, their trolley to their car and that kind of stuff, like, that's commendable. Like, mm-hmm. I, I applaud you in that. That's a respectful thing. Said, but... No, that's an ass whooping thing. Because if I didn't do that, my mom would have beat me into the ground. That's what that is. Yeah. But at the same time, I've grown to know that if somebody needs help, you help them. And yeah. my parents never ever beat us. It was just our, our the way we were raised is that you show respect, you show manners, right. and you show kindness to anybody because you don't know what their situation is. Yeah, you we don't know struggle. Need to know that kind of stuff as well. Growing up. So we didn't have everything. Mm-hmm. Like I've said countless times that to me, I've had one of the best childhoods I think anybody could have. And we spent our childhood Sundays at a garden centre with my parents playing hide and seek and tag because my parents couldn't afford to take us anywhere else. Yep. We spent our quality family time either at home or at stores yeah. because like I do we could afford it. So it's like, I don't think it being like I don't think you can argue that it's the parents' faults or anything like no. that. Personally, I still think it's society's fault and what's being perceived as the new thing. And it's it's one of those things that I would really, really love somebody to be able to come with a solid argument to prove that love is still the more powerful. But what I'm saying, all I'm meaning is that at this moment in time, I'm finding it harder and harder to accept that love is still the all-powerful. That I'm saying that hatred seems to be in a lot much... Like, look at um, the last... Like, we were in May, right? Mm-hmm. Look at the last five months in the world. 2021. Last year. Don't even look at last year, right? Look at the last five months right now. You had the Capitol building, right? Mm-hmm. Which was hatred spurred on by hatred. Yep. Let's be honest. 100%. Right? 100%. Agree. You look at the other aspects of things like that that's happened. Look at the other protests and the riots, right? That's happened from hatred perceived by hatred. You look at the moment we've got Wait. demonstrations okay. happening in our city centre over the Palestine, Gaza, Israel fight that's going on just now. That's hatred being spurred on by hatred. Okay, I I got a I got a I got a I've got a I've got an anecdote for the Capitol building one. I one hundred I didn't I mean to interrupt. I one hundred percent agree that the Capitol building thing was hatred spurred on by hatred. But even in that, even in that situation, 
there was a story that came out about a Capitol Police officer who antagonized a group of rioter, uh, insurrectionists, let's call it what it is, who purposely antagonized a group of insurrectionists to lead them away from an entryway that if the antagonist hadn't been, or the insurrectionists hadn't been antagonized by this, let's call it this African-American officer, they would have had access to the congressional chamber where the senators were. So it's not necessarily an act of kindness that I'm trying to highlight, but it was an act of bravery and in some ways love because the man basically waved a stake in front of a bunch of rabid dogs and said, come chase me, bitch, so that other people who aren't, in my opinion, very good people were to be safe. So even in that moment of darkness, there was still a light of kindness in there. But I get your point in that instance. I totally do. But I, I wanted to kind of highlight that because that's one story that if we were doing the podcast... We would have been talking about that because but, go ahead. again, that would have been like that would have been what we would have brought up. Right. But what you have to look is, it's been five months since that day. Mm. That is the first time I've been told that story. Oh yeah, like, I didn't get national attention. You had to like look for it. But that's what I'm meaning mm. is in this day and age, hatred is getting a much bigger voice than it used to get. Yeah. Love was always the conquer. It used to be like one thing I want to point out, and, and this will pro- this might be a political thing that other people might think me. What I want to get right is the people that went to the Capitol building were not insurrectionists or anything, they were terrorists. Yeah, that too. They caused terror to a group of people, they are terrorists. 100% That's agree. It. Simple as. They don't have any other justification. No. They were terrorists, and they should be held accountable to terrorist laws. 100%. That's, that's my point on that one. But what I'm saying is, you look at, like, the shooting at Las Vegas. That was a the, fucking the shit show. In Las Vegas, right? Yeah. All that went down. Immediately after, there was vigils. There was benefit things to help the victims. So you look at the uh, the terrorist attack in Miami. I'm, I'm, uh, people say me that it wasn't. It was a mass shooting. It's a terrorist, it a terrorist attack. attack in Miami. It's an act um, of domestic a, terrorism. I'm sure it was a, a gay club. Yep, the pure shooting right. in Miami. That was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So straight after that there was vigils was Manchester there was a bombing at the Ariana Grande concert yes I remember right? that the terrorist attack there after that there was vigils there was charities set up to help the victims there was benefit gigs set up to that right look at um the Catalan and Paris yeah when it was the Charlie uh, Hebdo. Eagles of death Me- uh, the Eagles of death metal yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, after that it was the whole um Rock and roll will never be killed by hatred. Mm-hmm. Love will conquer overall, and that was what it is. And then you look at like the Capitol building. Where's the love being shared after that? All we're talking about is the hatred. Yeah, that's that's where I mean it. Is that over the last few years, it's not that we don't have kindness. It's the feeling that kindness and love doesn't have the impact that it once had that hatred and dislike is getting a lot more traction 
to kind of, and it's making people uneasy to think that, like like you said, like or like I said, is that people are getting scared to be kind because they might hurt or upset or be hurt or upset themselves. Mm-hmm. It always has to be again. And that's the point where I'm making that I'm not, I don't mean that there is no kindness. Like, as I said, I put up that video or I put the video and stuff mm. like that in the chat. You yeah. go into YouTube and look up random acts of kindness. There's countless videos of it. But it, the point that I'm meaning is why can't we live in a better world where everyone just is kind, everyone just helps everybody? Why does someone have to have more than someone else? Why does someone have to go out their way to be a cunt? Like, it's not just that someone is an arsehole, it's the ones that go out of their way. Like, the ones that you'll see driving along the road and a motorbike will be coming up alongside because they are allowed to fucking lane split. It's that's one of the benefits of having a fucking bike is that you can lane split mm-hmm. and you'll have the drivers of cars that will actively steer their car into the gap, stopping or trying to hurt the motorbike. And you're like, there was no need for that. You're just being an arsehole to be an arsehole. It's not that you are an arsehole. It's that you are an arsehole and you're trying to show off how you are an arsehole. That's the level where I'm getting at. Like, I know there's hatred, people have beliefs, but it's the ones that are going out of their way to be unkind. There's no need. It's the ones that you see that, that like, the videos that you see sometimes spread their social media, and it's like, oh, look at this, this, uh, th- these deer or this animal or something like that. And you'll have someone that will go out of their way, they'll climb fucking 40 fences and run 300 yards just to kick it. Okay. That's the point I'm making is that it used to be that you would have this outpour of love to kind of go, no, 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 but look, look at us. We don't get that anymore. You rarely see look how amazing we can be. All you see is look how shitty we are. And it's like, I'm no, I'm no saying that I'm perfect. I'm, uh, there's been times where I could have helped someone and I've no helped them. Oh or yeah, me times too. times where I've just no been bothered to do something else. But it's, it's the ones that are getting the traction or the ones that are causing hatred for the sake of it. It's not because of a belief system. It's not because it's because they have decided that they want to be an arsehole because they are sad and pathetic in their own lonely lives that they must have the attention of someone else because the only attention they can get is if they're an arsehole. Okay. There was a this is this is hard. Um I took a class in college uh in for in criminal studies i was doing anthropology and forensic anthropology and one in this criminology class there was a they they had we had a discussion similar to this and the the lecturer at the time said that a lot of unkindness can be attributed to what they call cultural despair and basically what that means is when times aren't prosperous and there's a lot of like struggle and economic downturn and 
social factors that pre- prevent people from being successful or, or thriving or or being being capable of taking care of the, their own their own situation where they got to rely on social services despair then becomes the predominant um yeah. cultural identity and thus the epidemic of unkindness and criminal behavior and um general criminal criminality tends to be the prevalent action right i think that's i think that's what he was trying to highlight years ago is what we're talking about now if you look yeah. at social media and like we've been highlighting over the last 45 minutes or so I think it comes down to cultural despair. The the people that have the means to better the lives of other people and help out their communities and their cultures aren't. And thus when people who are bad actors who have the means of production and the wealth to raise up the less fortunate, and I know fortune is I don't mean it in the sense of luck. Um the less fortunate or or the socioeconomically downturned, I think despair becomes the predominant, and I think that's what we're seeing. I think with yeah. everything we've discussed, I think the cultural affectation of despair has become the norm. And I think that's what needs to be addressed. And I think that's what you and I are trying to get to, is instead of fighting the symptoms of, like, the lack of kindness that we're highlighting and, and me saying, trying to point out some of the things I've done. I think we're addressing the symptoms in a way. And I think we, not me and you, but I think we as a society, we as a culture, we as a people need to address the disease of despair, if that makes sense. No, no, that's, to be honest, from the beginning of this episode, that's kind of where I knew, mm-hmm. like, that was the, the thing, but it's 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 nice that they have a, somebody else's point of views to get to that same right. Like like the point I was kind of trying to like I was they trying to like force you down. I was trying to no no, no just, I know just tease you in that way to come to the con- the same the same conclusion of there's so many different perspectives of this right, and there's one underlying problem. The problem or the, the issue with that problem is are we too far down that rabbit hole that it's like the people at the bottom, right, that have nothing and they are in the despair of they have to fight for survival, right? In order for them to get help, everybody else has to fight for them and with mm. them. Right, like go to your fucking government build, or no, don't, no, don't, don't go do down to your yet. government building. Don't do that. Don't do that. What don't I mean is, like, go to the government officials and try and spark change. Like, mm. vote for the people that are wanting to spark that change. Right. If they don't, then spark that change. Fight for the change. I think what the problem is is again. And the whole altruistic thing. See the people above the bottom. They are basically told 
that the reason why their taxes are so high and how they can't make this much money or how food is having to be this much money is because of the poor and the sick. Yep. And then the people, and that's the working class are told that, it's the poor and the sick and the immigrants that are to blame for your failings. And then the middle class are told that the reason why they have so many problems is because of the working class. It's the working class not pulling their weight, not putting in as much tax money, no doing this, no doing that, that's timing that. So what, you, what the people have to realise is it's not the sick, the unemployed and the immigrants that are the problem. It's not the working class not paying tax that's the problem. It's not the middle class that the problem is. The problem is the governments that don't want to give because they don't gain, and it's the like. We had a whole big argument about this here, where the immigrants that were coming into the UK were being blamed for poverty and that in the UK, right? And then it was the sick and the disabled and the benefit people that were that were told that it was time, right? The entire and then it was class. the working class and all mm -hmm. this kind of stuff, right? See, when you actually looked at it, right, the UK government, see immigrants, that like benefits to immigrants that come into the country for housing and all that kind of stuff. It cost the UK government something like 18 million. Yep. That's 18 million with an M yep. a year, right? The second disabled, the benefits for the unemployed and all that kind of stuff, comes at around 25 to 30 million pounds per year. Yep. Right? See Amazon, Google, and stuff like that. The amount of money lost through not paying tax is a hundred and twelve billion <laughs> with a B. Yep. So to turn around and say that the sick, unemployed, and immigrants are to blame for poverty within the UK is the biggest fucking kick in the balls that anybody could ever do. The problem is the rich are not being charged. They are able to make money and not give anything back. £112 billion a year is lost through tax avoidance. It's not that they're not... It's not that they're... Uh, is it not? It's no tax avoidance. It's another term because it's legal. It's a loophole in the system that they use to not have to pay tax. And the funniest thing about it is we had it here, right? Richard Branson, right? One of the richest people in the world, right? That motherfucker is rich. Right, these Virgin Company and all that, right? In November last year, he laid off a whole bunch of staff at Virgin Airlines. He said he could not afford to pay them. He then asked the UK government for a grant to help pay for the staff and, and benefits and all that kind of stuff that Virgin Money had to, or Virgin Airlines had to pay out. Virgin has not paid tax to the UK government for the last 10 years. Right. So what gives a company the right to not give anything to the country, but to demand the country give back? And the worst thing about it is it was going to, he asked for a grant of 86 million. That was what he'd asked for to help keep Virgin Airlines afloat. This is the same guy that has a net worth of 4.2 billion, but he didn't want to use his personal value to pay staff. 
at a country he did not pay taxes to. That's mm. where the issue is, is that the despair and all that kind of stuff, the targets are being put to the wrong people. But nobody wants to help fight and be kind because at the end of the day, it's not their problem. And it all comes back to the simple fact that there is not enough kindness in the world that used to be. People used to go out their way to be kind. Now, more often than not, it's people go out their way not to be because it's not the problem. That's the fight that I think we have to start targeting. Is yeah. Why can't we live in a world where kindness is on the forefront? Yeah. And that was the point of the whole... My, the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because I really want someone that can come to me and make a, a genuine argument that makes me go, well, do you know what? You're right. Because since I've been thinking about this, everybody's been able to come with arguments a kind of like, oh, well, that's the thing. Mate. And their arguments are valid, but everybody's argument still falls down into that one point of there's not enough people being kind for the sake of being kind, but more people are being not kind or unkind Yeah, I, because they have to look out for themselves. I, I think it would add to that that statement that you made that it's it's not just that enough people aren't being kind it's people who have the power to affect change like real change you and i we can make the votes right we we can affect change in in a micro level right and hopefully that the change on our micro scale can then become the macro change right but in order for the macro change to occur the real power brokers then have to make the change so you highlighted that some astronomical figure that corporate taxes in, in, in London were paid to the sum of like $152 billion or something like that, right? I did a quick Google search. Take a wild guess what corporations didn't pay in corporate taxes in the U.S. I would probably say Amazon, Google, UPS, Microsoft. I can continue on in the billion-dollar companies that... I mean, Facebook is definitely one because mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure he got a fine for no fine taxes. <laughs> yeah, he did. $18 million. Yeah, yeah so, like, that's just, that, that's... Corp any corporate, conglomerate. Corporate tax... I'm pretty sure in. even the United States tax office doesn't pay tax. <laughs> they don't. Corporate tax losses estimated for 2019, $350 billion corporate-wide. So they paid almost... A time and a half of what they didn't pay time and a half what they didn't pay in in, in the UK and I think mm -hmm. I think your point is valid that I, it but I, I I I I put the modifier I don't think it's enough of the movers and shakers being kind because I we could sit here and, and go through acts of kindness on the on the micro scale all day long but the big glaring issue is on the macro level the powers and the power brokers the movers the shakers the politicians, the corporate heads, they're not being kind. They're not making the moves to be kind. Yeah, they've got these fucking bullshit PR campaigns. Like when COVID hit, Amazon spent $18 million making commercials saying how they care and take care of their workers. 
but they didn't raise the wages and give them the PPE they needed and the benefits they needed to take care of their workers. So on that case, I do want to point out that that is a part of Amazon US because Amazon UK, we were given every fucking thing that oh, yeah. we required. Okay. Every week we were given new PPE, hand sanitizer in a box for Oof. every van that went out. And plus workers that worked like um, through when it all started, seeing mm-hmm. like May when we went into lockdown. Okay. Amazon released a thing that any driver that was or anybody at Amazon that worked for, I think it was something like 22 days of that month were given a £350 bonus for that month alone for their a thank you for working throughout. At the Christmas wow. as well, Christmas, it was 16 days. If you worked 16 days throughout December 2020, you were getting an extra £300 put into your wage packet for the end of the month to help with Christmas. Wow, and they paid nice. it out the week before Christmas as opposed to... Because, uh, like, end of the month is payday. They paid everybody a week before Christmas so that they could get Christmas in. So Amazon UK, anybody, there's always individuals' cases, right? Like local cases that somebody will say something and stuff. But Amazon UK as a whole went above and beyond. We get to a Tuesday and a Thursday, a COVID testing for free every week. You get tested as mm-hmm. you come into the even like you always got your temperature on that check. They changed the whole system one-way systems and that within like the warehouses you had to have your temperature checked before you were allowed into the building or you were sent home and stuff like that but even people that got covid they had to self-isolate for two weeks there was a grant that amazon uk put forward to workers that if you had to self-isolate for two weeks you were to apply for this grant and they were giving members like the staff members that had to find me up to something like a thousand pound because they have to self it was not their fault it was something that was going on mm. so amazon uk went above and beyond for their workers and i just I, I i want i like to put that point out because i feel as if amazon always gets shit on because they're, 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 they they're the first thing you think the of. only story yeah is the u.s story you always right. again it's the point we've always made about the media is they only want to share the bad yeah. media i didn't but, know about that amazon uk yeah as a, as a worker at Amazon UK, I cannot, I could not give any higher regard to the way Amazon UK handled this situation for their staff members. Like, there's some instances and stuff like where drop counts and that went up higher and we were out longer a day and all that. But on the PPE front, the, the, the safety and taking care of the staff, because they even put the wages up. Normally... Uh, a worker that works for a DSP company, like the way Amazon deliveries work up is you have a DSP, which is like the delivery company, right? So you can have like 14 different DSPs that work at Amazon or mm. one warehouse at Amazon. And it normally works out is you could get between 110 and 130 pound per day, mm. right? For working a nine hour shift at Amazon. That was how they paid the drivers here. That's not bad. Um, that was you then you also had to rent your van, fuel your van, insure your van, and all that kind of stuff. So that kind of brought your week, your daily wage down because you'd have to pay out mm. for that. When the new DSP2s came in, the way it was set up was that Amazon paid for the vans, they paid for the insurance, they paid for this. So the driver wages went to something like £85 per day mm-hmm. for your nine hours 
work. So it works out at just under £10 an hour, which is a decent wage for what you were doing. During the COVID months and some of the months, especially even at Christmas, even out with COVID, at Christmas, Amazon put your wage up to £101 per day. Okay. As a, you're working a really the festive period. You're doing a lot more extra work because you're get, delivering Christmas presents. We'll give you the extra wage. The countless times throughout the last year that Amazon raised the, the wages of drivers to £100, which is an extra, I mean, it's an extra £15. It's not massive. But right. when you consider drivers working five, six days a week, mm-hmm. like that's like an extra £100 onto the wage packet. Yeah. and Which is make or break during a, a pandemic, whereas if your, your partners had to be laid off or other bills that come out and stuff like that. So I on think... that scale, people have to start understanding that Amazon depending on what aspect of Amazon it is, don't shit on everybody. It's the generalisation. And I've made that point so many times. It's the generalisation that's the problem in a lot of people is because it's not Amazon as a whole. In most cases, it's a certain manager of a warehouse at Amazon that's the problem. Mm, okay. But Amazon as a whole company. Like, Jeff Bezos does not sit there and pay and d- dictate what drivers get. Right. Right. That is far below his pay grade as to what he deals with. Mm. See each manager and each delivery company that hires the self employed drivers, they're the ones that deal with the wages. It's mm. not Amazon. Like ah, it's okay. me the company owner is the one that dictates how much money that staff member gets. Because Amazon pay the companies, the delivery companies, X amount of money for a route. I think it's normally about £98. Mm. So we would dictate the wage to go, well, we, if we pay them £85, as a company, we are making £13 per route. Mm-hmm. That's on us. Amazon's already agreed it's £98. Right. How much? We could pay our drivers £98 and make nothing. We could pay our drivers 110 and lose. But as a company, you decide how much to pay. Amazon don't dictate that. There's been companies in the past where Amazon have turned around and said, right, because it's like festive period, we're going to put more things that we'll pay you £120 a day for every route that you do. The, 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 the delivery companies then don't relay that message. So they still pay their drivers £85, meanwhile pocketing the extra £20 per route per right. driver. And so... I, I... Unless you know the ins and outs. But again, that reiterates the point that we've made countless times over the last 14 episodes, that so many people are too quick to react and bark and be aggressive that they don't understand what they actually sell. Like, they're attacking Amazon. It's not Amazon. Amazon right. don't control what your company pays your, your boys. And that, that highlights the point I made a couple minutes ago of the right people aren't making the move to be kind. Yeah, and I think, I think to to put a ball on this because we're coming up on an hour and forty, I think yeah. I think what what basically what you and I are trying to talk about is instead of having individuals treat the symptoms of despair, because that's like the overall sense of pervading thing that I get out of it. I think communities, power brokers, politicians, corporate heads, people who can who can make 
macro level moves you need to start working on despair just as much as you and I and several other people do on the micro level because without the macro right. level the the bigger perspective the bigger outlook of these of these power brokers we're always going to have that despair so that the hatred is going to seem like it outweighs the kindness yes no yeah no i i can definitely agree with that um i think like and i i want to also reiterate the point of when we say be kind I don't mean like if you see some like gone out and gone. Oh, I'm going to pay for somebody's shopping, right. and it's going to cost me 120 quid. Or um, let's go there. It can be something as simple as right. A you podcast. see somebody walking down the street, hand them a flower, go buy a tin mm-hmm. of chocolates for five pound, and just randomly give somebody one. Just say hi. Like Ask that's how that, day even is. that. Just at the yeah. Like, that's the simple point that it comes to, is just, there's so many people out there that are going through despair that if someone was to take, like, see if someone's to show that kind of thing, like, oh, I, I, I went and bought, like, a bunch of flowers, take one. Mm. You do not understand just how much that small, simple act could spark within somebody, someone that's having, like, such a hard time like getting up in the morning see you just have that one person simply notice them mm. it can spur their mental aspect to be able to get themselves out that despair as we keep on pointing about the despair part is that's the kind that everyone has to fight to survive because they don't believe they have anyone in their corner Yep, that simple act of just oh have a bar of chocolate, have a great day. Yeah, exactly. That's enough to get them to kind of go, I'm going to make a change. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because your mental capacity is is like half the battle. Mm-hmm. If you go into every day thinking everything's shit, everything's going to be shit. If you yeah. can go into every day with that little spur of hope, your day will be a lot better than what it would be. That's that's what we mean on a micro level. It doesn't have to be this grand gesture. Of, no. Like, here's £300 a tip to your waitress. Be nice. Even just being nice to your waitress and going, thanks very much for the great service. Here's a couple of pounds. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, I, can't under- I, I don't get the whole tip thing because... As I've made the point a few times before, we pay our staff members so they don't have to live on tips. You know, yeah, you don't have tip but, economy. <laughs> so it's like, that's the aspect. Because we, like, it has been, I think, in quite a lot of places. And there's been a few times where, like, when I went to Prague, Prague does, it's the staff are quite poorly paid because it's a poor country. Mm-hmm. When we were there um, the first time, I can remember going out for dinner with a couple of my friends that were there and we were timing that kind of stuff. And we asked how or like how much the kind of like the, the bill and all that kind of stuff. And we were timing about like how much to tip. And I was like, I, I, I simply said to the, the, the waiter, I was like, how long, what's your, what's your work day been? Like, how long have you been working? And he said that they do 11 hour shifts. Oh! 
So I then said, what, I was like, that came up, mates, what's the minimum wage in the UK? And like, I think the minimum wage is something like £8.57 now. Mm. So 11 hours, I paid him a day's wage. Nice. As a, a kind of, well, you're making 30 quid. In right. the UK, you would have made, what? what's that? Comes with it, something like 90, 100 pounds. Yeah, something like it, roughly. So, but to him, that was like a week's wage. Mm-hmm. To me, it was a day. Yeah. What on Amazon. So you're like, that is like, a, a, a that's a big thing. And I understand that no everybody can go about paying a hundred right. pound to waiters and, 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 and stuff like that. But the simple fact of going and buying a cheap bouquet of flowers for a couple of pounds and just sh- putting them out, see if they walk away and throw it down, mm. that's fine. But see just that act of you're taking initiative to just show some form of love to somebody. Yeah. Of those 10 people that you hand a flower to, see if two of them go home, oh, I don't think I want to kill myself anymore. Yeah, that, that's a huge That's thing. a win. Yeah. That is a win. Because that, like, the scary aspect is, is that is how simple that can be. Is That is the fine line to whether or not somebody in that mental state decides where they take their own life or not. You could you can even you could even take it a different way too. Like you mentioned the, the self harm route. If you're nice to somebody, like say you bump into a dude on the street and you're polite to him or whatnot, maybe he doesn't go home and beat his wife's ass. You know? It it, it highlights the point of you don't know anybody's struggle, you don't know their despair and maybe your act of kindness spares somebody else further despair. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's a great it's a great discussion. It's, it's a great topic, and it, it's something that needs to be one of those things that is continually looked at and and yeah, continually definitely. questioned because we get in this we get in this state because we don't question these things, and it's yeah. too hard to talk about it. A lot of times, people are like, well, I don't want to talk about why I'm not kind. I don't I don't want to look in the mirror and and face the reason why I didn't help that old lady with her eggs, why I didn't help that mom with her kids, why they, people make all these, these reasons and excuses, well, I had to be somewhere, or I don't know yeah. them, or they weren't going to accept my help anyway, that's bullshit, at yeah. least you tried, if they turn you down, at least you tried, but you can't get turned down if you don't ask, so just fucking ask. Because you don't know how it's going to change somebody's day or their week or their life or whatever. But yeah, let's mix it up a bit. I have a ramble because I have been dealing with uh, a mix of things. A couple weeks, two weeks ago now, you were talking about existential depression and what you were suffering with. I have been kind of hit with a bit of lack of motivation. Not necessarily depression. I'm not like upset about why I'm not motivated. I'm I'm just in this point where... My motivation to do the things that I do isn't where it normally is, but other things that I haven't done are higher motivation. So what I mean by that is last couple days, I usually stream Saturday, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I didn't stream Tuesday and I didn't stream like last Friday. I think I, I just didn't because I just I was like, eh. I can't. I couldn't get up. I get, 
for those of you that don't understand streaming or, or you're not a streamer or you're not like a content creator, you're not a podcaster, there is a level of up you have to be in order to do it. Now, you know this because you've done, you've started, right? You started streaming, you started podcasting with me. So when I mean there's a level of up you got to be, it's not that I'm saying that I'm being fake. It's there's a certain energy, a certain tempo, a certain vibe, a certain affectation in my voice that I have to maintain so that you, the viewer, you, the listener, you, the consumer of my content go, all right, Docs is on a roll. Docs is having fun. And yeah. I don't know if it's the games that I'm currently in rotation on my channel are just like, yeah. they're not shit because Neo 2 <laughs> is a great game and uh, uh, Binding of Isaac is a great game. They're great games, but I think they're just, they're brutal. They're hard games. They kick my ass. And to, like I said, Friday and, and Tuesday, I was like, I ain't got it. And so I've been feeling this way for a couple weeks. So I, I started jumping around like I do when I get in these routes. I started playing football. I, I started playing Warframe again. And I don't mean to phrase it like this, but everything in the channel fucking tanked, right? Just bottomed out. And I started looking at it and I'm like, does that mean I can only play the hard soul crushing shit? Because that's what's gonna that's what people wanna see, or or do I have the ability to just have an off week where I'm not feeling it where I can play a game like Madden and be like, This is what we're doing. And when I saw when I saw that like something that was relaxing me and 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 letting me kinda decompress wasn't hitting, it kinda drove my motivation a little harder into the tank. But what did kind of bring me back was uh, I do tabletop RPGs on Saturday with Strange Tim, who's not here, by the way. Dock him. I dock him. Number one mod. <laughs> Fucking baby plums. But um, I do RPGs with Tim, and then uh, I've got another RPG coming up with our friend Dread and Zim and uh, the new guy, uh, Zach, on the Discord. That's gonna take the place of the Sunday night game that I was playing. I can I I noticed I was getting up for those more than my standard stuff, and then I started thinking about other stuff that would interest me of like fitness. I got a big move coming up. I'm about two hundred and seven pounds of sexy right now. I need to drop about forty of them motherfuckers. You forgot my name. I don't forget your name, Snackery. You're fine. Um. That's what you said earlier on. You were asking who the fuck that guy is. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Damn skimmy. But I think, I don't know if it's a, a, a lack of motivation brought on by a lack of self-esteem or, so uh, not self-esteem, or lack of a feeling of stagnation because those games just beat me down. But when I beat a boss, there's this elation, Right. There's this, let's get it, right? Come get it. I'm a badass. And I don't know. But the point of my ramble is the things that have drawn my motivation lately have been RPGs and the idea of getting back into shape and, and, and doing fitness. I just don't know 
how to schedule and translate my motivational focus onto my non-motivation. Like how how can I how can I transfer what's making me interested into the things that I need to do for the channel and for myself to be happy when a lot of where my motivation is is one reliant on other people and two reliant on me going to a gym where I have to take more time for my family. I I guess I guess I'm struggling with trying to find a motivation but yet finding excitement and motivation in hobbies that aren't translatable to the area where I'm struggling for motivation. Do you know what I'm saying? I all too much know what you mean. Um I think what it's not that it's one or the other for me. I think the fact that you have lack of motivation through aspects that are coming, like seeing the numbers tanking and stuff like that. And I'm and not a numbers guy. I don't focus on the number. You know me. I don't. I don't. I don't give a shit about numbers for the most part. Yeah, but I think the it's more. It's both of the lack of motivation because of that thing happening, and the feeling of the stagnation because you've been feeling that as if you're in a rut for the last two months. Let's yeah, be honest. Kinda. We've 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 almost had this conversation all too many times. I get up for the podcast though. Like I like and, RPGs and shit isn't the only motivation. I love doing the podcast and the RPGs. It's it's the it's the other shit that I don't have the motivation for lately. I think what the way I'm looking at it, right? This is this is just my mm-hmm. overview of how I would see it is when you look at the RPGs and you look at the podcast, right? In the RPGs, the I'm gonna fully thank me the amount of, of your Saturday RPG that I'm able to catch is very very limited mm-hmm. because of how long it goes for and just stuff, and it's one of those ones that. I can't get into it because I've missed so much. Mm-hmm. That's on me. It's not because the bits of it that I have watched and listened to, I've enjoyed, but I can't get into the story and be excited in the story because I missed so much of it. Mm-hmm. I think if things for me were different and I was able to see the whole thing, I can see how it time it. But I think what the thing is, is in your RPGs, you're challenged on sort of like your level to kind of come up with. Like I, I, I've learned the work that goes into it. Like even before you start doing the RPG, the work, the character development, the character creation, um, the backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. On Sundays with the podcast, you come in into a challenging environment where anything you say, like look at the last hour and a 50 minutes is everything <laughs> right. that you've said I have scrutinised under a fucking microscope I'm all good to with make it. sure that you put out what you actually like the actual mm-hmm. this is the definitive point that you're right, to and make I do the same so for that you. not everybody can turn around and go oh, but it, it might have perceived it this way you know that kind of stuff <laughs> right. right? so on the Sundays you're challenged to that when you play the likes of like your Neo and your Binds of Isaac and all that, yes, you're challenged, but are you being challenged to the level that you want or are you being challenged as if, like, 
if we were to do this podcast and I was just to keep shutting you down and just making it out that everything that you're saying is just stupid and it doesn't make sense and it's pointless and all that kind of stuff, instead of trying to debate you into giving your actual, like, what you actually mean. Like, yeah. it's not a case of we tell each other that we're both stupid. It's that we try and work each other enough and challenge each other enough to get to the root of what we're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Could it be that the reason why you're excited for the Saturday and Sunday is because that's the feeling you get, is you're being challenged, but by the end of it, you're always getting that excitement of you've won that challenge, whereas when you play like Neo and Binding, yeah, you're being challenged, but you're never, you're not always getting that success through the challenge. Like, there's been times where I've watched you play Neo and you've played for two, three hours and had to turn off and you've had to constantly be starting at the same part over and over and over and over and over. And, like, me personally, my frustration wouldn't allow me to continue doing that. Mm. But it's almost as if, like, to me, it feels as if on those games, the challenge doesn't balance with the, the excitement of the success. Like, yeah, when you finally beat that boss, it's like, thank fuck for that. But for me, it could be that you don't want to thank fuck I beat that. It should be, look at me, I'm a fucking badass at beating that. <laughs> and I've kind of noticed it as well, like, with what I've been, like, the games that I've been playing, I've realised that the likes of horror games is mm. a bit, like, I, my average views on horror games are quite decent for yeah. a new streamer kind of thing. Yeah, Just they because are. it's a drunk Scottish guy getting terrified. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that great. Content. It's a hell of a concept. <laughs> you look at it this way, right? Look at the other games that I play, right, that I've played on stream, right? Oddworld got not bad. I think I, my average views were about three or four mm-hmm. on that. Those are my good horror numbers, games, my average views are about between seven and ten average, yeah. right? Uh, you look at Football Manager, now you see if you go into Twitch the new, and you look up Football Manager as a thing, you'll normally see that there's between 200 viewers, like, over all the channels, mm-hmm. and there's maybe a couple of, like, I've often seen that it'll go up to maybe like 2,000 viewers, but that's because one person that's a big football manager personality mm. has got like a thousand, a thousand five hundred viewers. So it's like, to me, there isn't that many viewers in there. But you've seen it yourself when I was playing football manager. That's not really a known game in the kind of Twitch community. And it looked like, oh, it's just going to find me. I still got, you go, I got a raid. I had average views, five, six people. It was still a decent thing. But then you look at the likes of Final Fantasy. My Final Fantasy average views literally go from 0.5 to 1.5. Right. That's my average views of Final Fantasy. And I think what it could be is... What I've noticed is on Twitch, content that people want to watch seems to have deviated from people beating games to people watching a story play out. Mm-hmm. Like, me personally, it's one thing watching somebody beat a game, but I tend to, like, I've realised that I tend to watch a lot more people 
that are following a story aspect, as in, like, I watch football manager streamers because they have this, it's a story of, I'm going to take this club from the bottom of the league to the top, and we're going to win all the tournaments and all that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. there's a streamer that I, I, I've watched, and he's raided me before on that, who's, like, 18 seasons in. Yeah, you were telling me about that guy. And stuff like that. Like, they have these concepts of, there's a, a challenge but it's a storied challenge. Yeah. You look at um, the likes of like Resident Evil games and the horror games and stuff like that. See when the horror games have a story behind it that people viewers want to see what the next step of it is. Mm-hmm. That's what people are following now. It's, for me, it feels as if it's less about watching people complete a game, but it's watch people experience a game. Yeah, you look at your RPGs. It's a story that's been spread out throughout. That means more people will be engaged in the story aspect. It's not necessarily just about like most of RPG is the group that you're with, meeting or talking or traveling or something like that. There's only maybe one or two times where you have this epic battle, mm-hmm. but you can go for four hours. Yeah. And the battle's done in 30 minutes. Sometimes. But there's still a lot of content there that people are following along. So it almost seems as if it could be something to look into of looking at a storied game and try to bring more of that aspect to your stream on other nights instead of, like, yeah, people come and watch your Neo and all that kind of stuff. But as you said, Sometimes you just want to turn around and watch Madden and stuff. Madden isn't a bad game to stream. Like um, the streamer Sfand, he streams Madden every week. Like it might be one day or two days. Right. He's still sitting there with five, six thousand viewers watching him play out the career of Madden. So it might be something just to look into and go, well, what kind of games do you like? Do you want to bring in a more RPG? style of game where it's the storied game as opposed to a game that you just have to beat. Actually, to that point, the most completed games on my channel are the the story-driven action games. You look at Transistor, I completed. I completed Pyre. I completed um, uh, Red Strings Club. I completed a bunch of story-driven platformer action uh even um 80s even though it's roguelite they all have a strong central narrative where neo has a narrative but it doesn't seem as uh seem it's as focused on yeah. the story it's more focused on you defeating a boss right and i i like souls like games don't get me wrong i i, I played neo 2 i've played 80s i've played curse of the dead gods i played skull the hero slayer like i Roguelites are my jam. Dead Cells, like, they're my jam. But out of the ones I listed, Neo 2 has the weakest narrative element to it. Therefore, I don't I know... feel as rewarded uh, by playing Neo 2 as I do some of the other ones that I've played. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of see that because I'm pretty sure the Tim not pull up like when you were looking at your anal- analytics and that, and it turned out like Hades was one of your most yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Like 
streams with Hades, your episodes with Star that. Wars, The Old Republic, uh, the tabletop RPGs, and then there was some weird outlier game that I streamed yeah. for like ten hours. It was like huge, and then I just I beat it and was done. And but yeah. I don't I don't want it to focus on the analytics. I think I think my lack of motivation for like the regular stuff has been like I I think you made a bit good point because my brain uh my brain is uh fallen order yeah fallen order was another one that did really good for me a hundred percent of that game on stream thank you dread for pointing it out i i did crush the shit out of fallen order but i i think you brought up a point and it, it kind of spurred in my brain that the the reward i'm getting from neo 2 does not seem to be as rewarding as like the RPGs and then the the my focus on getting fit and working out again see, I don't seem to and don't get me wrong Neo is a great game great aesthetic good interesting storyline but not as central as I want it to be the the gear system is really cool but I for some reason man it just it seems like it's just it's kicking my ass and I like Isaac like Dread gifted me Isaac I want to explore more of Isaac but there are other things that occupy my mind more than those right now. And I want well, to be able to, I want to, I want to approach everything with the same motivation that I'm approaching RPGs in the fitness aspect right now. Right. Well, here's something for you, right? And it's, it's up to you if you, if, if I may, but I'll lay down the challenge, right? Oh Lord, here we go. You move in 40 days, mm-hmm. right? Like the 25th. Yep. Right. That kind of would take us round about the midway point of the year. Yep. Right? You get out to, uh, you're talking kind of like the beginning of July yeah. is when you'll kind of have things in motion to getting set up. And yeah. I, I know not necessarily stream like with internet and all that, but I kind of mean you'll start getting more settled yeah. where you are. New job, local. new place. Yeah. So here's a challenge for you. Right? I'm listening. When, uh, First of July, we'll both stay away in. Okay. Right? And we'll thing me, like, and we'll do it in pounds so that it's easier to thing it, right? I can do kilos. I'm not one of them Americans that can't do kilos. It's not so much for that. It's just the aspect of, if we do it in pounds, right? December 31st. Mm-hmm. Right? See whoever's lost the least pounds. Mm-hmm in that six month they have to pay to a charity one you go dollar I'll go pound for every pound the winner has lost so if over the six month I've lost fucking 70 pound and you've lost 73 I'll donate 73 pound to any chosen charity that you decide to go to and that'll be a six-month motivation of it's going to come out your pocket. Yeah, I can see that. All right, like that's half a window. Yeah, we can do that. That would that would be good. I've got I've got the shit. I just got to fucking make time to do it. I mean, if you want to make it even more interesting, we can see a fiver for every pound. <laughs> I'm not that rich. <laughs> Twitch ain't popped off that much yet. <laughs> Better lose your weight then, wouldn't you? But what I will say is we'll have to put into aspects of if, like, 
you, we can't really find me of if you've got less weight to lose to get to your ideal yeah. than I do. It seems unfair to right. be able to find me. So we will go out the ramifications and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But we'll, we'll put it out as out of whoever's closest to their goal yeah. or their ideal weight, that's where the limit will be as mm-hmm. eight and over that doesn't count. It's yeah. no entity thing. Yeah, that's and fair. We'll do it that way. I like that idea. I could, I could get on that. Makes sense so to me. So you've got a month to get your shit in order, <laughs> and then right. it's fucking go time. All right, I'm down. Let's do it. Y'all, y'all so here. Y'all, y'all here. This is this will be in in the aether when the podcast goes live on on YouTube and on Spotify. Hold us accountable. Text at us. Tweet at us. Be like, you guys, you guys doing your shit? Because I like that idea. It's it's it, it's a motivating thing, and I I think that that might be just what I need to really push myself to approach that with it because and not because of the money aspect but the charity aspect of it i think that's yeah. i think that's a great angle because if you just said ah we'll do it for cash and you owe me beer i'll be like eh, do i really need to work out i'll buy them beer but because it's a charity aspect that's a whole nother level of like get after it i think that's a good idea and i think mm-hmm. i think to because we need to we need to move on to the happy ending here shortly but i, I think i need to approach um my gaming motivation with a more a more critical eye for things that not necessarily that I enjoy because I enjoy the games like Neo, but something that's going to be challenging but e- equally challenging as it is rewarding, or as rewarding as it is equally challenging. I think well, that's I've what I need to do. Perfect game for you. Oh fucking! When are we going to start Football Manager? As soon as I like, I was planning on picking it up when my. Like I said, my Twitch money dropped this week, but didn't drop, so I'll have to wait till next week when I get when I get paid. Because right, so I got to drop a hundred and some odd dollars on a back window. So yeah, we can fire into. We don't even have to just do a draft. You can go straight into a co-op season. No, 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 like, no, no, no! I want save. no because I want to build a team. I don't want that excuse of well, you just picked it. No, no, I want to build a team that's gonna fuck your team in the ass, dude. Yeah, I would be happy to let you choose the best team <laughs> and then even choose me as the shittest team. I'm still gonna whip your ass. Like. No, you're not. No, you're not. Dude, I've played. I have played soccer, motherfucker. I know what. I know the positions. I know strats. Trust me. I'm not some musclehead. I've done. I've played defenseman. I've played goalie. I'm gonna build a team that's gonna make your team look like a bunch of kilt wearing sissies. I'm telling you. But what you have to remember is you've played the game. I have managed the game. (laughs) I got you. I got you, my guy. Let's move on to the happy ending before we get real into it. So um, we'll start with my happy ending because we started with yours last week, I believe. I try to bounce them. Yeah. Um, This one caught my interest because, one, my kid has been really into this lately. One of my kids. And it's something that I've found joy in, but I, I don't do on the regular anymore because I'm an adult and it's a stupid excuse, but it's legitimate. The article says kids have been reading longer, more difficult books in lockdown and it's boosting their mood. This is dope. I'm all in agreement with this. To The fact that something positive like literacy skills have improved due to the COVID lockdowns 
I love the results, hate the reason. <laughs> and the article the article states that a lot of, especially uh, a study done in the UK, it it says that the kids getting reading challenging books and getting lost in fiction helps to combat the isolation that kids especially are experiencing in lockdown. Um, it said in schools, many pupils have begun enjoying reading again with 56% of the young people say they enjoy reading very much. 24% or quite a lot said 32%. So during the lockdown, a lot of books like The Prisoner of Azkaban, uh, One of Us is Lying by Karen McManus. I never read that one were ranked as the favorite books. But it says that readership in general across the board of higher level and more challenging books have uh, improved reading and allowed to improve mood improvement. So here's the thing. I've always been a proponent of reading, and I love to read. I have over 40 books on my phone that are actual in my like Kindle. And then I have half a dozen or a dozen audiobooks that I listen to at work. I can't read at work, but I do listen to podcasts and audible on, on my work schedule. And the fact That's that, wider. yeah. And the fact that there are kids now, like my, uh, my kid, Sammy, uh, they're into reading manga like crazy right now because they can't go nowhere and they can't do nothing. Yeah. And before this year, they really weren't a big reader. Like they were like, oh, I'll watch videos. And now that kid is constantly reading a manga or listening to an audiobook or whatever. And I'm like, something fucking positive. And the fact that children, especially this article targets you know, like children, kids today have so many distractions, so many ways to, you know, to do stuff that doesn't involve like experiencing the world as it is the fact that books are becoming a predominant mood enhancer over like youtube and video games makes me excited because literature is one of those things that will and this may be an unpopular opinion on twitch books will transport you to a world way better than any video game will especially because of you have to use that very unused muscle nowadays called imagination. And to see an article like this back the fact that I've been banging on books for kids to read and people to just read your, read a book. It, it, it's great because now I don't feel like I'm screaming in the void. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> No, I, I, I get what you mean. It's, 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 I mean, I do want to point out that the, the study also shows that Scottish kids are better. No, shut um, up. It does. It says <laughs> at Scottish elementary level in particular, like year two, the equivalent of first grade, pupils were reading a larger variety of titles compared to their English counterparts. Book reading difficulty in year two was at its highest for Scottish children who were reading books almost two years ahead of their chronological age. This is something that we have constantly said that in Scotland especially, because that's where I can find right. my, my local thing, is growing up, our education was like an alt that was a high point. Compared to the rest of the UK, I felt as if our 
education was that because the Scottish government ran our education. We had the Scottish government had control over right. us, not Westminster. Over the last few years, I felt as if that standard has dropped. Uh-huh. Things seems to have, have thing me, but to see that it's starting to get picked up from a level because, like you said, when we were growing up, books were a constant thing. We didn't have like the internet and stuff like I that, which, which would take your attention. So it was like you read in school, you read all the way through high school, you read into college, you read into university. It was the reading aspect that was always there. Like you said, the reading can transport you to a, a world of fiction where your imagination can take, um, much to which is what games have kind of taken from that because I've have agreed that children recently They've needed that sort of, uh, like, that drive to imagine another world. They've not been able to use their own imagination. But the fact that, like, you look at video games over the last, or, or in 2020, when a lot of video games were delayed because they decided, no, we're not going to release it. We're going to use this time to work on it further mm-hmm. and develop more, which means that, 2021 and 2022 should be really good fucking years for video games. <laughs> yeah, they will. Because they've had a lot extra time to actually do it. But I'd, I've always agreed that books have always offered something different. Yeah. Books can take you into the world rather than you playing characters from that world. Yeah. And I, I've always loved talking to people that's read books because I've always loved learning how they've portrayed... like. Especially like so like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. See those that have read the books before seeing the movie and seeing how what they imagined Frodo looked like or acted like or was like compared to someone else that's read the book yeah. and how they portrayed Frodo or Harry Potter or things. I mean, I've always argued that when you read books, it's always different from the movies because the movies have to... The movies have to make it a certain way to grab the attention. Like mm-hmm. in the book, there's so much more involved that they can. Because like you have time in a one book. of the books. One of the books that I keep on bringing up is Jurassic Park. Not a lot yep. of people have read the book of Jurassic Park. I haven't. They've watched the movie. No, in the book Jurassic Park, it is massively different from what they portray in the movies. Like, if I was to turn around and say that in the book, the lawyer is not a pathetic, sniveling <laughs> lawyer. The lawyer in the book is actually a fucking badass. It's another character that wasn't in the movie that's the one that runs away and leaves the kids and does this. Um, Hammond is a complete arsehole in the book. Yeah, Hammond I heard that. Fucking, like, Hammond is a prick. But in the movie, you can't have Hammond be... Like, Hammond has to have this... Hope because that's what Hammond, they sell as a yeah, movie. Hammond's the visionary. Yeah, but in the, the book, Hammond's an arsehole. He's Hammond thinks about his kids or, like, or the grandkids shouldn't have came and this and that. Like, There's so many aspects in the book that make it so much better. And just saying it's on Audible, you can listen. Because I've, I've read the book... Like, I mean, you, you know me and my, my Jurassic Park. <laughs> like, my book reading is not as high as my movie watching. Yeah. But, I mean, I've read the book maybe 14 times and I've listened to the Audible maybe two or three. 
To that, to that and it's end, still just... I'm surprised you haven't streamed Jurassic World uh, Evolution, where you get to design your own Jurassic Park. Because my PC would do it. It was sticky a bit, but now that I've got the better RAM, it is on my list today. Yeah, <laughs> so let's go. Ready to go. Let's go. <laughs> I've also got the original, not the original Jurassic Park game, but a few, uh, 2014, I want to say. Yeah. There was a Jurassic Park game that got brought out. It was based on, see, uh, when, where the, the can goes off the, cl- the the waterfall and gets covered in mud, right? After uh, uh, Nedry kind of gets his yeah, demise. Yeah. Well, the game picks up of mercenaries that have been hired to come in to retrieve the okay. can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like another, it's not, it's like, as much as it's based within Jurassic Park, it's a kind of sidestep thing of that, oh. that I've got on the computer that I want to play and stream as well, because Jurassic Park is the greatest fucking thing to come <laughs> to Hollywood ever. Jurassic Park um, is shit. So, it's like, that's one of the, 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 the books that I immediately turn around and go, the imagination you can draw out of that book mm-hmm. is so much more than what the movie portrays. Yeah. But I think that's the great thing about this study that's kind of came out is the fact that because of the lockdown and we can then come on to the whole kindness part and all that is the happiness and the positivity that's coming out of lockdown is as a, a whole, we can be coming out so much better. Mm-hmm. As in, like, the next generations are picking up a book again. Yeah. That can only be good for yeah. the rest of their life. So, yeah. I think it's a great thing. And and to the end uh, on books, I want to get to yours, because we're, we're getting a little long in the tooth again. But the times that I have felt emotionally connected to a character in a book, whether it's anger or love or rage or or sadness, or melancholy, whatever it is, compared to those connections to a video game character, <laughs> far and away, higher in the book. Be- because, to me, as much as I love video games, and I love video games, I'm a streamer, I've played video games since way back in the Atari, the book yeah. allows me to fill in the gaps and explore the connections and hear the accents in my way and and envision the action scenes in the way that I perceive them. Mm-hmm. Where a game immerses me in the world as an observer in a way where I can affect the outcome and, I, and I'm a member of the party, but the book allows me to observe it and take part of it as sort of like purely from an observation perspective. So I get to be an explorer in a book where I get to be an adventurer in a video game, if that makes sense. I think that's why I kind of gravitate. Like, see, when you look at the games that I play, right? So many games I'll play for a bit and then fall away, play for a bit, fall away. Yeah, me too. The, the games that I consistently, for prolonged periods of time, can be completely addicted to it is 
see the likes of like Football Manager, The Sims, see those sort of games. I think the reason why I prefer those games is because they allow your imagination to be drawn of in Football Manager, you create you. You are in charge. You mm. make the changes. You make the difference. In The Sims, you create you. You create your persona. You create mm -hmm. how you want to go. So it's a much more immersive, imaginative situation of it's you that are within the game. And I think that's why those games have such a high level of fandom throughout, like a a constant passionate fan base is because people are able to relate more into them because they can be themselves in it whereas other games just now like you said it's a much more it's not you it's you're within this world as another creation mm -hmm. and it's less I mean you do still get Plenty of those kind of games that just immerse you within the story mode, mm -hmm. like a movie does. But again, I think in a lot of cases, being able to kind of grip the imagination and the related, like you, you look at Twitch and the analytics, the reason why so many people can hit a certain level on Twitch is because they're related to the viewers. Mm -hmm. Like XQC has got so much just because how many guys do you know that get slamming their desk frustrated at games so it's the relatability uh-huh that you can also put that into the games and movies you if you relate more mm. you're immersive your immersion is right. a lot more because it's as if you're you're imagining and envisioning yourself yeah that so makes sense i think i think at the same time that also follows on from your ramble of finding that motivation of perhaps in your moment where you're like, oh, I'm going to play Madden because I just want a break or I'm finding this, perhaps within those aspects, test the waters with other games that you can be immersed in mm. imagination within the games where you can be yourself and it's your, your outtake of it that develops it the story and all that kind of stuff. Hence why your RPGs are so watchable. Because again, it's your imagination. There's a there's a thing that I've been sitting on for about two weeks now. Now that you mention it, the exploration. Is it all. Final Fantasy Online? Look, no, if you no, really want no, to play it, no, we'll let you play no, it with. No, no, no. <laughs> there is an indie game that I got free. And it's called A Blind Legend. It's purely an audio-based game. You have to wear headphones and you have to play the game purely with audio. Because the protagonist is fucking blind. And I am fascinated with the, the loss of a visual sense. And I've been holding off on it because I'm, I'm like, well, it's a really dope-looking indie title. It's something that I think should should be shown off because it's something that's radically different from anything that I've seen, and I want to highlight it, but then my lack of motivation to really try something new because it's just like, eh, it's, 
you know, it's 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 nobody knows about it. Is it really gonna fly? But I'm gonna enjoy it. Has really kind of had me holding off on it. But now since we had this discussion, I'm probably gonna load it up and play it here in the next week because it's something that I want to explore because I've always played characters that are less able not less able but challenged in a in a way and to to see that in the medium of a video game intrigues me 100 percent. yeah i so, think it's definitely something that i would uh, you should get a go like, yeah 100 again like but i've been sitting on it because it's who cares what the numbers say yeah i know and, and and then like you know me I'm i'm not a big numbers guy and if i was feeling up like i would be normally i'd have fucking done it a week ago and said, fuck it, I don't care who shows up. But because I've had that low motivation, the numbers sort of creeped into my mind. But to bring it back to books, maybe I just need to take a night off and read a book for a while. Because I haven't done that. I haven't done that. I haven't done it. And one of the things that I wanted to do too that I, I, I haven't done and never pulled the trigger on is I wanted to do story time with Docs where I just read like a chapter of a book for people on Twitch or on YouTube. But then you got DMCA we, we, we and blah, 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 blah. The, Like, we can argue the point of a couple of weeks ago, I literally said to you, look, I know you normally do the podcast stuff after the podcast and get it all mm-hmm. sorted. I don't need the stuff to know until mm-hmm. Tuesday thing there. Why don't you stop doing it on a Sunday and just take your time there and just that mm-hmm. gives you that day. Mm-hmm. And then with an RPG because that's where you can get your recharge relief. Mm-hmm. So maybe that is what you have to start looking at. Is yeah, I think so. Look at the the parts of your life that's drawing the energy out of you. Mm-hmm. And like Neo, like you said, the the outcome and the success is not balanced with how much work you have to put in. To me, maybe other people find it differently. So, Oh yeah, but that's just how it is. Like, everybody's different. But what I'm the point I'm meaning is maybe it's about time like that. Whatever's drawing your energy out that you're not getting a good enough reason as to why you're doing it. Maybe that's where you have to start cutting that tie and putting it in with something that you do get. I'm not saying that you don't enjoy editing yeah. the oh, podcast yeah. and all that kind of stuff, but just that little switch of like you you've seen it yourself over the last couple of weeks. Like I'm not trying to make myself sound as if oh I'm fucking a genius or this. Right. See when you were doing it after on a Sunday, it seemed to just have that sort of like you're just you're getting it done. Whereas see when you were able to kind of see when you had that pressure of look, there's no rush for it. See, as long as I've got it for Tuesday evening, mm-hmm. I'll happily just batter through either the Wednesday morning or something like that. Just take the time. You could see a bit, a, a lot more of a positive vibe in your outlook on streaming in, in general. That mm-hmm. like you just seem to have a bit more. You showed a lot more energy, whatever yeah. you were doing. Just with taking that simple little. But like it wasn't even pressure to you because you right. enjoyed doing yeah, it. Yeah, I love doing it. Just having that little thing off. Yeah. You, I, me personally, I've noticed the difference in your vibe and your energy output. Yeah. Like you've been able to put energy into something else that you have more of an enjoyment of. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, 
So maybe it is a case of one of the days, pick up a book. Just yeah, I think I think I really need to sit down and just take a, a night where I just sit on my phone and read because I I hate clutter, so I don't have physical books, but I've got like 40 on my phone that I want to read and I, I haven't been reading them. So I think that's what's going to happen, but let's move on to your story. Cause books ran us down a rabbit hole and I love it, but you've got an interesting story about a new form of rubber. Yes. Mine's is quite a, 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 a kind of, it's not animals, but it is sustainability. Sustain- and that's the a big theme for us. As long as one of us have one of these stories <laughs> and we're positive stories, then we're, we're all right. <laughs> it's becoming a brand, sustainability in nature, apparently. Exactly. But it, it needs a bigger thing. Right. Basically, there's a major, co- or a major company in Germany. I'm pretty sure they, well, they've, they've partnered with the University of Aachen. So okay. I'm guessing it's nearby there. Oh, look, it says Harry Potter in this one as well. Yeah. We're just fucking... We're right we're on it. We're on it. <laughs> but basically what they've done is they've created a rubber from mm. dandelions. Those as in the fucking flowers. asshole flowers. Exactly. They're actually a weed. They're not a flower. Exactly. But this German company has taken those asshole flowers or weeds and gave them a purpose. Okay. And basically, they've turned it into a rubber to make tyres more sustainable. And pretty much what they're saying is um, they had a scavenger hunt across the country, uh, largest country ever, and testing of more than 1,000 different specimens before dandelions grown in Kazakhstan were found to be a perfect fit. Right? So it's Kazakh dandelions that they're using. There you Basically, they used trees from Brazil, so basically cutting down all that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, during the Second World War, the major powers of the USSR, UK, US, and Germany were all cultivating dandelions for rubber manufacturing. So it's not been an unknown thing. Right. It's what they've been doing. But the part that really got me, which is really, really fun, right, is it says continental tires, as in the continental Tires mm. are fucking using the vans. Right. right? Uh, producing dandelion rubber tires called Taraxagum, which okay. is the genus name of the species. Okay. The bicycle version of their tires even won the German Sustainability Avoid Award for 2021. Nice. For the sustainable uh, thing. Um, the fact that we came out of 54 finance site, and they talk about that, which is oh, cool. But. Uh, the report from DW added that the performance of dandelion tires was better in some cases than natural rubber, which is typically bended with synthetic rubber. Right. That means that in some of these, I know it's not a perfect thing, but the reports are showing that in some cases, this dandelion rubber, the, the performance is a much better than the original product. So, yeah. I noticed in the article that you were talking about, it, it talks about, you, you mentioned it, that this isn't a new concept. Like, yeah. they've known about this shit since World War Two. Yeah, but I think it does state, uh, after the war ended, demand and supply gradually returned to Brazil, and eventually the synthetic tiles made from petrochemicals. It was because of the supply and demand. It was because of how, like, how, 
how many cars are now on the road, Okay. Um, how many planes are in the air. It was things like that that caused this boom that they couldn't rely on dandelions. But now okay. they've got to a point where they, they have found the sustainability of dandelions from a specific species okay. that they're able to then start developing and, and stuff like that. Um, but there was a bit that I'm trying to find because it was quite a cool thing. Um, capable of growing, as we all know, practically anywhere. Dandelion needs very little accommodation in a country or business agricultural profile. The Taraxagum research team at Continental hypothesizes they could even be grown in the polluted land Ooh. on or around old industrial parts. That oh, means nice. that the places where they say nothing will ever grow again, they can grow these which makes it an even better sustainability mm-hmm. of land. You don't have to then knock down more land to put out these fields. They can knock down old industry industry buildings and do that. Um, what it does, furthermore, the only additive needed during the rubber extraction process is hot water. Unlike Hevia, which requires the use of organic solvents that pose a pollution risk if they're not disposed of properly, representing a critical early season food supply for dwindling bees and a valuable source of super nutritious food for humans dandelions can also be turned into coffee give any child a good time blowing apart the seeds and now is a new source for rubber in the world truly a wonderful plant so basically they've just like it's helping more than just one aspect of pollution in the world there's so much more sustainability that's coming from this one thing that, again, we've known about since the end of World War II, mm-hmm. but supply and demand has forced these conglomerates not to go with it. So the fact that a company like Continental, who's like what's setting to Pirelli... Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're fucking huge. Like, you're talking like your Pirelli, Continental and Michelin are your top... Yeah, things. Firestone so too. a major sort of thing is looking at it is... I think it's another push of calls for let's get this sustainability, let's start thinking. And you look, you think about like there's so many other aspects of it. Of like you say, like Kazakhstan dandelions have been found to be the best thing. The amount of money that can then be put into Kazakhstan, yeah, of that aspect. So like, to me, when I was reading this, I was at. I can't find a flaw in it. I can't, I can't find really either. Funny. Like the fact that it's they're, they're cheap to grow, they help the environment, countries will be able to like reclaim polluted land. Yeah. And the and uh, the, the the destruction of a Brazilian rainforest or any other rainforest for that matter can be heavily reduced. Yeah. Just for the sake of a tire. Yeah, it seems like a win-win. Like, when you consider that we don't have them, and when you look at how much this tire's saving, you can then go, right, well, you think about it, right, at the moment, I've got my car, my dad has a work car, Mm -hmm. my mum has her car. That's three cars. Mm -hmm. Right? Not including if I have a work van. Right. Right? That's between 12 and 16 tires right there. Right? Next door had two cars. Next door had two cars. Next door had one car. 
behind this side of me had three cars in their driveway. Then there's another two. Then there's another two. Then there's five at the bottom. Then Damn. there's two. So we're in a street of what? 20 cars-ish. 16 houses. Right. And you're already talking 20 plus cars. Yeah. That's not including this, the, the main street down there that has 50 houses and the four other small streets similar to mine. Mm-hmm. And that's a small part of just this little area. Right. So the fact that if you think that how much destruction has been caused just to put a tyre on your car. Yeah, it's... That's fucking terrifying. Yeah, it and is. And this completely just... Nope. Can eliminate a major Every bad aspect. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's still a lot of, like, agriculture, like, likes of, like, like, you, you know the whole thing of a field of cows take seven fields of yep. grains to feed them. That means you now need 24 acres to make a few burgers. Yep. And that's why they're cutting down Brazilian rainforest is so that they can put cattle fields. Yeah. That's something, like, when people talk about, like, like, it's not just methane that's causing the problem. It's the fact that land has been destroyed. Right. In there was a video that I'd seen. I was going to put it as, it was one of the ones I was going to put as my positive story. And I thought I couldn't do it because it was a, a group of people in India that were driving down a dirt track, pushing apples and fruit out the back of their van, feeding animals that were coming in. And I couldn't help but sit there and go, well, maybe don't go in and pick all their food. Then they wouldn't have to wait for you to drive by, putting the food that you've picked back into where they're eating. Right. <laughs> like, it seems a redundant thing. But for this sort of thing, like, the amount of... The amount of good that it's causing with the likes of the, the, being able to save more of the rainforest, that the, the the rubber that's getting timed from like petrochemicals and stuff like that, and then the fact that the bees are getting a primary, the likes of economies throughout other countries in that region are going to be able to get, it's just a, a, a win-win in that sense. Yeah, when when I kind of skimmed it, like I said, I, I skimmed it. The one of the things that jumped out to me was the the polluted land angle and the bees angle, because bees, even though one of my kids or a couple of my people in my house are allergic to them, it's not it's not honeybees or major pollinators that are the the assholes that can harm my family pollinators are on the collapse of extinction and if we lose the pollinators a major portion of our environment could collapse so seeing a report about a flower that can or or weed that can act as a pollinator or or whatnot to act as a food supply for bees and bring back major pollinators who then could move from the dandelion to other plants was was a thing for me because even though I don't like bees, like I, I, I personally don't like them because I don't want to get stung and I don't want people to get stung. And I know it's not honeybees that'll do the stinging. I want bees around. It's really not any bees. It's, yeah. bees don't actually sting. Yeah, it's like wasps and yellow jackets and shit like that. It's hornets and stuff. But I just people being scared that's made usually the major problem. Right. Because they start flailing. So yeah. If you just chill, they just sort of... How you doing? I'm I'm just gonna come over here and take this pollen. 
Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, I I like the fact that it, it it's it's not a one it's not a one element solve. It it solves multiple potentially. I always say potentially. Um, yeah, I know wasps are pollinators, right? I'm talking about the the, the primary ones that don't don't uh, make honey and stuff like that. The ones that are pretty much docile. The fact that the, the, the dandelion rubber solves multiple problems potentially as opposed to a single a single solution it, it definitely is something that I wanna I wanna look forward to and if if dandelion rubber is available and it's affordable I would definitely put it on my on my vehicles because it, it's yeah. it's one of those macro level and micro level improvements I can make on my yeah. end to better my world for my kids and my dog and people down the street so it's a good story yeah. I, I i had no clue you could make rubber out of dandelions like i just thought dandelions were you know one they were edible so you could eat them if you put them in food have you ever made anything with dandelion flowers like as a, as a dish? dandelion tea have you, i've never had it is, is it good yeah it's, it's all right it's 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 still got eaten on chamomile <laughs> but it's, 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 it's all right, right but it ain't no chamomile it's more a kind of like I've, I, I had it when i was in eastern europe okay it was a bit more prevalent there it's okay. not really like i think if you went to kind of like the small towns and villages throughout the uk you'd maybe get a lot more okay but i have tried it and i've heard a lot of people saying that it's like dandelion tea and yeah that's the main thing like i've heard i've heard dandelion tea and edible dandelion flowers and like salads and 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 other stuff, but yeah, I I had no idea it could be made for. Rubber. I just want to make a point while we're timing this is not all dandelion species. Yes, it can be used in tea. Do your research mm -hmm. because some can cause gastric problems or yeah. health problems and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Don't just go out and collect dandelions for your garden and put them in hot water. <laughs> yeah, Do yeah. research to make sure that you're getting the correct species. Like as they said. This species of dandelion can create rubber. Yeah. You don't want this species of dandelion <laughs> in your tea. <laughs> Otherwise, you're gonna be bouncing your tea off the floor. But yeah, man, it's it's a great story. It's an emergent technology that is is re being rediscovered and re researched due to the fact that it's not sustainable. And I think I think that goes back to another theme of this podcast is the lost or ancient knowledge that we have is now sort of coming back into, into vogue where like medicines, yeah. CBD, uh, psychedelics are used to treat illnesses. Yeah. No shit. People know how to do that for fucking centuries. We were just like, <laughs> ah, what do you know? And this is just another example of, of sort of a, a, a forgotten or sidelined technology coming to the forefront to maybe save our dumb asses. <laughs> You never know, like, as long as we have a little bit of hope, there's always something that can come of it. Yeah, sounds good to me, bud. Uh, that sounds like a great place to end. So, Chris, as we do, as always, where can the people find you? How can they reach out to you, talk to you? Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at ChrisC90 with a name that stood at the bottom of the thing. Um, you can get me on the YouTube channel. You can get me on Twitch now. Um, I'll be doing my horror game tomorrow night that nice. I now have sound alerts on that mm -hmm. I'm already fucking regretting because I know what you guys are like. I'm not even going to be in the game <laughs> and you're just going to be Because what the problem is, is you can bake it as bits, you can put it as channel points. <laughs> I can't. 
I just have to either have it on or off. That means that you can spam it. But I'm going to see. I'm going to try and find me a cooldown on it because <laughs> I still want the game to be enjoyable. I don't want to be constantly just in one room, scared shitless because all that happens is every thirty seconds there's a fucking alien behind me. Oh, I'm going to be popping in on my breaks on my stream and being like, nah! <laughs> but yeah, that's great, man. Um, you guys, you guys know who I am. You know what I do. You know where to find me. I'm Docs Ryan on Twitch. I'm Docs Ryan on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm on fucking YouTube, which is again, Chris is gonna bitch at me because it's sorely neglected. Because I'm fucking. You looked up the last four episodes of the podcast. I did not. I've neglected it. Shocking. I know. I'm fucking lazier than YouTube's. I gotta get better on it. But yeah. Um, as we always say, get at us with your questions, your comments, your feedback. Be part of the conversation. We will get back to you. We love to hear it. What? Oh, I you're so wait, all right, what do you got? Oh, here we go. Let's go. One other announcement is the drunk tank <laughs> now has merchandise. Yeah! All right, let's go. Now has merchandise. There's two different sites that you can get to. We've got a Design by Humans one. Do we? Human by Designs. Design by Humans. we've got Do we? a Red Bubble one. Okay. Um, the reason why I got the two is because when I done the Design by Humans one, they wanted to get shipped to the UK the same price as what the items were. Oh, so okay. So to get £20 worth of items, they wanted £41 okay. all in. Whereas with Red Bubble for the UK ones, it cost £3 delivery. Oh, nice. Which is a mess. But the funniest thing is, is I then decided, well, I'll have the red bubble for the UK EU because it seems to be this is where it comes from. And then the design by humans can be the US version. Right. Because it'll be cheaper to deliver it there. And then when I done the red bubble stuff, they wanted an extra pound. <laughs> it was like £22 something to get delivered to the UK and it was £23 for the same order. To get sent to the US, so it turns out that Red Bubble actually might be the better option of all. And well, so we're, you're exploring it. Like what I'll do right now is because I want to make sure that we fucking know how great this is going to be because I have fucking everything for you. Um, if I go into the store, we have. Um, send, send me the link. I'll put it on stream. Uh, oh shit! You're, you're asking for things now. <laughs> of course I am. <laughs> Uh, I'm always asking for things, you know. We'll go into the actual thing. But we have on the store right now, we have a water bottle, we have a travel cup, we have a tall cup mug, we have a normal mug, we have an apron, we have a clock, we have a hardcover uh, notebook, we have a spiral notebook, we have a scarf, we have pins, we have face masks, we have posters. We've got a throw cushion because I wanted a fucking throw cushion. <laughs> you selfish bastard! I went all fucking out for it. Nice. Day. I like it. I like it. Alright. Hey, send me that link. I'm going to blast it out on my Twitter and my Twitters and everything like that and I will add it. No, I won't. I mean, if I do, I'll add it. If I manage to upload this episode, I'll add it to the description of the YouTube. <laughs> all right buddy i think we should wrap it up here we're going we're coming close to the three hour mark say goodbye chris yeah goodbye everybody thanks for joining all right we'll talk to you guys next week do be a part of the conversation we do appreciate it there it is you rat bastard
I'll see you guys soon. Bye. Trans Transition! There it goes. Bye.